Blog Talk Radio. Okay. I got one question. One question, Kelly. Who am I? The MC. Lottie Dot. I don't wear Versace. I wear DJs out quickly at the party. Who am I? If you like me, hip-hop is in your box. Who am I? The MC. When the jam is slow and you need a proceeder, who am I? The MC. When you need a lyrical leader with oratorical triple features, who am I? The MC. When you need to rock your 3000 seat arena, best believer, who am I? The MC. When you need to get the word on the street with demeanor, who am I? The MC. I beg thee, let me splurt rhymes, I have plenty. Who am I? The MC. Lord mercy, I hit Sutton like Percy. Always new like Jersey, stay thirsty. Who am I? The MC. Showing my authority, superiority, and artistic minority. Now you starting me, cause party philosophy can only be carried out by who am I? The MC. No doubt. Predicting far ahead what will set the party off immensely with plenty of food. The MC. Trains at rooftop, red zone, Roxy and Bentley. Who am I? The MC. Gently move crowds with harmonious rhythm, cause the lyrics we give them, they miss them. Who am I? The MC. Again, the MC. Her infinite power helps oppress people sent me to tell you. If you truly study lyrical flow and stay on your toes, you will be who am I? The MC. And as an MC, you will study verbal magic. But watch what you say, cause you'll attract it. Control your subconscious magnet from pulling in havoc. Who am I? The MC. Non-stop an MC, hip-hop an MC, verbal rockin', head knockin', quick drop an MC. I laugh cause I've mastered the craft MC. In sound class, I'm the first and last MC. It's sorta like Jim Carrey throwing that mask to me. I black out and wake up to catastrophe. Three MCs dead from the sound, blown out massively. Wow, who am I? The MC. Untouchable, can't be caught off guard with fast tracks or slow tracks. Ass cracks get waxed to the max. MCs pack raps for all tracks. Indigenous cultures, Asians, whites, and blacks Never missed it, the linguistic of who am I? The MC, metalyrical, poetic, mystic MC Here is the voice of an ancient spirit MC Premeditated worder Killing negative concepts out the mind of the observer MC, you deserve a break from counterfeits, frauds, and fakes Claiming to be an MC for heaven's sake Well, it's MC done raising stakes Under the stress of KRS contracts and mental gaps are bound to break Who am I? The MC, again, the MC Conduct yourself properly, MC Red alert. 
Reach it to reflex and let it work. When this is playing, you can't get stuck with the depth. So good say, and I'ma still come up with. I guess to be swift, follow the leader. The rhyme ago, death with the record that was made a long time ago. It could be done, but only I could do it. For those that could dance and clap your hands to it. I start to think, and then I sink into the paper like I was in. When I'm writing, I'm trapped in between the line. I escape. When I finish the rhyme, I got soul. Like this might tempt me to pull show my rings in my fat gold chain. Grab the mic like I'm on so train, but I wait. Cause I master this. Let the others go first so the brothers don't miss. Eric B breaks the stick. You got it. Rock him will begin when you make the mix. I'll experiment like a scientist. You wanna rhyme? You gotta sign my list. Cause I'ma manifest and bless the mic I'll hold. You wanna next? Then you gotta have soul. Cause if you ain't got it, I'ma make an encore. Take the mic, make the people respond for the R. Cause that's the way it'll have to be. If you wanna get on after me, think about it. Wait, erase your rhyme. Forget it. And don't waste your time. Cause I'll be in the crowd if you ain't controlling it. Drop the mic, you shouldn't be holding it. This is how it should be done. This style is identical to none. Some try to make it sound like this, but you're getting me. So upset that I'm wet cause you're sweating me. I drip steam like a microphone theme. Ego to MC is my theme. I get hyped. When I hear drum roll, rock him is on the mic. And you know I got soul. Him get stronger as I get older. Constant elevation, cause expansion. I write my rhymes while I cool in my mansion. They put it on tape and in the city I test it. Then on the radio, the R's requested. You listen to it, the concept might break you. Cause almost anyone can relate to. Whoever's out of hand, I'ma give them handles. Light them up, blow them out like candles. Or should I just let them out? To give them a hand so they can see how I felt. I'm not bold just cause I rock gold. Rock cameras on the mic. And you know I got soul, 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 soul. You got, you got, you got it. You got, you got, you got it. Mike Ford get too hot. I wanna see which posse can dance the best. It should be easy, cause the beat is fresh. Now feel from uptown, Brooklyn bound, the Bronx, Queens, or Long Island sound. Even other states come right and exact. It ain't where you're from, it's where you're at. Since you came here, you have to show and prove. And do that dance until it don't move. That's all you need is soul, self-esteem, and relief. The rest is up to you. Rock him with peace.
sometimes it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Broken glass everywhere. People on the stage, you know they just don't care. I can't take the smell, can't take the noise. Got no money to move out, I guess I got no choice. Rats in the front room, roaches in the back. Junkies in the alley with the baseball bat. I tried to get away, but I couldn't get far. Cause a man with the touch truck repossessed my car. Don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> it's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep them going under. Standing on the front stoop, hanging out the window, watching all the cars go by, roaring as the breeze blow. Crazy lady living in a bag, eating out of garbage bells, used to be a fag hag, such a dance tango, skipped the life and tango, was her gone princess, seemed to lost her senses, down at the peep show, watching all the creeps, so she could tell the stories to the girls back home. She went to the city and got so, so, so diddy, she had to get a pet, she couldn't make it on her own. Don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> it's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep them going under. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep them going under. My brother's doing fast on my mother's TV. Says she watches too much. It's just not healthy. All my children in the daytime, Dallas at night. Can't even see the game or the Sugar Ray fight. The bill collectors that ring my phone and scare my wife when I'm not home. Got a bum education, double digits, inflation. Can't take the train to the job. There's a strike at the station. Knee on King Kong, standing on my back. Can't stop to turn around. Broke my sacroiliac. I'm mid-range, migraine, cancer, membrane. Sometimes I think I'm going insane. I swear I might hijack a plane. Don't push me. Call, I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. My son said, Daddy, I don't want to go to school Cause the teacher's a jerk, he must think I'm a fool And all the kids go reaper, I think it'd be cheaper If I just got a job, learn to be a street sweeper I dance to the beat, shuffle my feet Wear a shirt and tie and run with the creeps Cause it's all about money, ain't a damn thing funny You got to have a con in this land of milk and honey They push that girl in front of the train Took her to the doctor, sold her arm on the game Stabbed that man right in his heart Gave him a transplant for a brand new start. I can't walk through the park cause it's crazy after dark. Keep my hand on my gun cause they got me on the run. I feel like an outlaw. Broke my last glass jaw. Hear them say, you want some more? Living on a seesaw. Don't push me cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. Say what? It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep them going under. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep them going under. A child is born with no state of mind, blind to the ways of mankind. God is smiling on you, but he's frowning too, because only God knows what you'll go through. You'll grow in the ghetto, living second rate, and your eyes will sing a song, because deep hate the places you play and where you stay. Looks like one great big alleyway. You'll admire all the number book takers, thugs, pips, and pushers, and the big money makers. Jobbing big cars, spending 20s and 10s, and you want to grow up to be just like them. <laughs> Smugglers, scramblers, 
burglars, gamblers, pickpocket peddlers, even panhandlers. You say I'm cool, I'm no fool, but then you wind up dropping out of high school. Now you're unemployed, all non-boy, walking around like your pretty boy boy. Turn stick up kids, but look what you done did. Got sent up for an eight-year bid. Now your manhood is stuck and you're a make tag. Spend the next two years as an undercover fag being used in the fuse. Served like hell to one day you were found hung dead in the cell. It was plain to see that your life was lost. You was cold and your body swung back and forth. But now your eyes sing the sad, sad song of how you live so fast and die so young. So don't push me cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> it's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep them going under. <laughs> it's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep them going under. <laughs> Yo, Mel, you see that girl, man? Yo, that sound like cowboy, man. Yo, what's up, buddy? Yo, Like the classic, like that's the first 
It is. I think a uh, hip-hop song where they were talking about a topic that wasn't a pardon. You know what I'm saying? It, it wasn't, you know, the up-jump, the boogie to the boogie to the boogie to. Like, you know, it was actually having mm-hmm. subject matter and um, actually talking about uh, social conditions. Um, did you check out yeah. the storm that hit um, California yesterday, Dev? No, I haven't. Uh-uh. It, was it today? Yes. Uh, hit them yesterday and into today. They had a lot of floods. Uh, it went all the way as far inward as Nevada and uh, to Phoenix, like Arizona area. Uh, but um, once in a once in a lifetime hurricane to go through the Pacific. When it goes through the Pacific Ocean, it's not called the hurricane. It's called the cyclone. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, well, rather, uh, it was a tropical storm, uh, so it wasn't a hurricane. Okay. So uh, uh, in the Pacific Ocean, a tropical storm is called a cyclone, and a hurricane is called a monsoon. So when they mm. said a monsoon, that's, that's when you got hurricanes, a lot of flooding. But, um, yeah, it was pretty bad. At the same time, they had the, um, the tropical storm hit California. You also had... Um, um, uh, earthquake is um, in Santa Cruz, California. So at the same time, it was a 5.2 Richter scale earthquake. Um, now this is coming on the back of the uh, once in a lifetime uh, forest fires in Hawaii, which left everybody displaced. Have you seen that, Beth? Yes, I've seen that. So uh, Drybone sent me a video today. And it had, um, it was talking about the Hawaiian um, wildfires, and nothing that was the color blue burned. It burned everything hmm. but the color blue. Now, so what you had was a blue the color fall. blue? Was, was that like people that's, that's showing that it's a, No, it's a frequency that the, um, it, whatever frequency they use to burn stuff down, the color blue, because the colors are frequency, just like um, words are frequency, sound, right? Uh, light is a frequency. So colors are frequency. So whatever was right. the color blue, um, it wasn't, it didn't burn. So if you had a blue car next mm. to a green car, your green car burnt, but your your blue car, nothing happened. Dang. Yeah. So and how many how um, many people have blue houses? So if your house was not painted blue, it wasn't going to burn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, you know, not unless you live next to the Smurfs. Probably don't have a blue house <laughs> in your neighborhood. You know, but right. that was um just showing that this was a weapon used. This wasn't a natural fire, mm-hmm. right? None of the mm-hmm. trees burned. Just the cars and houses burned. And um, mm-hmm. property burned unless it was blue. So if you had a blue dress, that didn't burn. If you had a blue car, that didn't burn. You know what I'm saying? But everything else burned down. So that was a little interesting because uh, they used yeah. that direct energy weapon when they took down the World Trade Center. Yeah. You know, because... I believe that. Yeah, when when I'm standing there watching the tower fall and it just turned into dust, like right before our face, like... Whoa, what was that? You know what I'm saying? It was like a flash mm-hmm. and it turned into dust. It wasn't like it was just not there anymore. And when you go around when a few days later, 
they took all the cars that was in that area and they had them piled up on uh, the FDR over by Water Street and all over that area because all of Manhattan was shut down and especially mm-hmm. lower Manhattan. Uh, and it just so happened I had to go and retrieve people's personal belongings. So I was in that area. And all the cars on one side looked perfect. And on the other side, they were melted, like half melted. Mm-hmm. So one side of the car, that weapon didn't hit. The other side, it hit. You know what I'm saying? So that mm-hmm. weapon, it can be tested to many different frequencies. Every country has it. Um, so I thought that was very interesting. Um, yeah. Now, now, one question. When mm-hmm. the buildings went down, now I know when you do demolition de- and they blow up, the, you know, and the buildings fall down, you're going to have rocks, you know, stones and all that from the building. So when these buildings fell down, it was no pile of rocks or stones or anything. When the World Trade Center fell down? Uh-huh, yes. Or that was left with some pieces of metal, like the, mm. the, the let's just say the foundation of the building, like the, mm-hmm. the metal mm-hmm. beams. That right. was all that was left. They were sticking out the ground. The whole building, you talk about 110 floors, two mm-hmm. buildings. They were dust. The windows, the metal, everything was just dust. There was nothing there. Wow. So yeah. you would think if wow. those buildings stuck, you would have had steel that went all the way up 110 floors to hold it up. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. It was just the, the mm. steel that was at the very bottom that was sticking out the ground, you know, that they started building it with, you know, because mm-hmm. it was built inside of a huge bathtub. Uh, mm. They had a part of Manhattan, they called it Radio Row. This is where the first color TVs were sold. This is it was like a, all Jewish people, they ran all the little shops, and they had all the, the plugs, you get all the stuff, from, you know, the cheap stuff from South Korea, like Samsung and Sony, all that stuff at that time was um, just coming into the country. Um, and they were, that's the first place it would get sold is on Radio Row. So they took that mm-hmm. whole area called Radio Row, bought it, moved those people out, and they um, dug a huge hole into the ground. They went down probably about 10 to 15 stories and took all those rocks and put it right there in the Hudson River. And those rocks got harder, you know, over time. Uh, they got harder and they built a whole section of Manhattan on that those rocks called Battery City. So probably about 25, 30 buildings, huge buildings all um, office buildings and um, residential towers, very expensive to live down there, right? Um, but um, so that whole bathtub is where they started at. So from 30, you know, 30, 40 feet in the earth, they started building up. So the the rocks around, the you know, the, the bathtub around the where they built up, that was like the to keep it straight up, you know, it was, they built down far enough so it wouldn't tilt over. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's how right. they built them. They had to go down deep in the earth to start the foundation. So as it got higher and higher, it won't, you know, tilt left or right. It's going to be so right. far down. It took like a, you plant a, like a flag, 
you know, in the skin. Mm-hmm. You want to get deep down in the skin so that way that flag fills up strong and, you know, the wind blows it in just what way. So that's, that's okay. what they did. Mm. All the all the so metal that was sticking up out of the bathtub wasn't affected. Mm-hmm. It was just the metal that was out, exposed to the air. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So mm-hmm. the energy, whatever, the energy gun or feel, whatever they shot it with, it didn't penetrate the earth. It just got everything yeah. above the, the ground. Exactly. Okay. Now, all what, around. what was... What was in that third little building that they didn't hardly talk about? Remember, it was another yeah. building. What was in that building? Um, it was seven World Trade Center buildings altogether. Okay. Seven of them. You had the two big towers. Then you had these um these smaller, four smaller little like probably twenty ten to twenty high buildings. They were black. And those were like little office buildings, right? Between the big the towers, like all around them. And then right next to them, you had this beautiful peach, pinkish marble building. And I remember like that, you know, when they built it and I saw it, I said, man, that's a beautiful building. It was like a color marble, uh, like a peach. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. of pink, like a coral. It was beautiful marble building, right? It's probably about mm-hmm. 50 floors, 50-something floors, right? Uh, that was okay. called Seven World Trade Center. Now, uh, that building uh, housed the police artillery um, um, supply. All their weapons, mm. all their bullets. Mm. Had some other police offices in it, you know, the, um, a lot of federal offices in it, and it, all of the buildings was owned by this guy named Silverstein. Yeah. So you hear him that day saying, "Pull it, that's pulling number seven, because he already lost all the rest of the buildings. So for him to get all the insurance money mm-hmm. for it, because it's seven buildings, he needed all them seven buildings." To fall, he got ten billion dollars in insurance money. You know, for the seven billion. Yeah. So he told them to pull it. Now, uh, mind you, the book, the building was whatever ammunition was inside of it that was being housed by the police. It started going off. It started. It caught mm-hmm. on fire. So the, that ammunition is going off. They couldn't send anyone in there. Because you don't know what's going to happen. Explosions, mm-hmm. you know, they got all types of stuff. So they pulled it. Um, you know, they, they, they did it like a demolition. So it exploded. So that didn't, that, did, that building fell, but it wasn't because of the planes. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It was because mm-hmm. he did it, you know. And okay. um, also because all the ammunition inside the building started going off. Mm. Now I heard that it was a a, a a heist, a money heist. I heard it was like, wasn't there so many trillions of dollars missing? I heard that too. Um, from um, now at the bottom of the World Trade Center, like I said, it had this huge bathtub, mm-hmm. so it went down. At the very bottom is the train station that brings the trains from New Jersey into New York. And I would catch that train every day because I lived in Jersey City, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so 
as you go up, it was like a lot of stores, malls, and then in one of the buildings in that bathtub area, you had an exchange, huge exchange. You would see the people with the jackets on, a stock mm-hmm. exchange. I don't know what they right. were. Um, but you kind of could see this in the movie Trading Place with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd, right. where they go to okay. the Orange Exchange in the World Trade Center, and they go on the trading floor. So that all of that stuff was in there. Um, mm-hmm. My company that I worked for while it was in there, it was on the 95th floor. So I would never mm-hmm. deal with none of that. I'm, I'm going up. You know what I'm saying? I'm going all the way mm-hmm. up. Um, but all that to say, I heard that it was a vault full of gold and money mm-hmm. that was at the bottom. And you know what I'm saying? I, I mean, that could that could have been true. Uh, I could see that that happening. Um, but I don't think that's the reason why that those buildings were brought down because of mm-hmm. some gold and, and money that was in that building. Because, I mean, the insurance for the buildings was $10 billion. You know, ain't that much yeah. money in there. You know what I'm saying? So it was mm-hmm. it was for another reason. And, of course, as we can see, it was to implement these policies that allow them to take away our rights under the guise mm-hmm. of terrorism, which they call the Patriot Act. Right. That's right. And ever since then, they just kept expounding upon this Patriot Act. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, honestly, if I'm a terrorist, and I always thought this, right? And mind you, I'm there. <laughs> but I'm there eight something in the morning because I'm going to work. So mm-hmm. I got to get there at 8.30. Um, the buildings might have came down around 9, 9-ish, around there. Why wouldn't they wait until 1 o'clock when those buildings right. were jam-packed, 10,000 people, no problem? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, right. it just didn't make a lot. Even when they uh, supposedly we never saw a plane hit the Pentagon, but why would you hit the Pentagon that early in the morning? Like, instead of waiting mm-hmm. for all the generals and people important to be there. You get what I'm saying? So right. it just didn't make sense to me. Like, it was like it was done at a time where they figured they would get the least amount of casualties. Mm-hmm. You know, they, 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 they don't care about human life, but they didn't want to have 10,000 people dead. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, you know, so that's what I think. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Because remember, those two buildings, it was 10,000 employees. Mm. You know? So did you work that day? Were you working that day? Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I worked at the World Financial Center. So okay. I get off the train, the path train from New Jersey. It lets you off inside the World Trade Center. You got to get up this this huge escalator. Like I said, you're at way down at the bottom of this this um, bathtub they built. The escalator, if you walk up the if you walk up the stairs, it takes you about ten minutes. Like it's that many stairs. It's the biggest escalator in the world. Okay, this thing goes all the way up and brings you to the floor to the street level of the World Trade Center. So I would jump on that escalator, catch that up, and then I have to cross. The highway, the west, um, the World Trade Center was right on the West Side Highway, which they call West Street now. They took the highway away from it. And, of course, there is what you call the World Financial Center. So I just told y'all that the bathtub, they dug out 
the whole and built Battery City right across the street. That's what it was though. Before the World Trade Center was built, it was the river right there. Of course, from the, the West Side Highway in the river. Once they put these all the sediment and the bricks and the, the bubble and all that stuff from the bathtub in that water, now you got this huge expansion to the city. And these buildings called the World Financial Center, that's where I worked at, they were on that. So right across, we would catch a bridge. I would get up to the street level, right, get all the way up to the street level, then I would go up another escalator on the street, which I could walk across the highway without having to course, you know, with the cars and stuff. I'm going over the cars. And that mm-hmm. bridge would let me right into my building. I swipe my car right there and go up to my office area. So that's how close I was to it, right across the street. When we went to lunch, okay. we went to the World Trade Center because they had a big food, you know, a lot of places to eat. You know, sometimes you stop in the morning there at Krispy Kreme when they got the donuts nice and warm. That was like the first Krispy Kreme. But, um, yeah, so I was right there that day. Wow. Mhm. Mm. Yep. And and was and it what did it sound like some play was it a loud explosion? No. What was loud was the people hitting the all right, so like I was saying it was seven buildings. One of the seven buildings or four the two towers, these four small office towers, that beautiful building I was telling you about, and the seventh building mm-hmm. was the Marriott. It was a Marriott mm-hmm. that ran between the two buildings. It was the same scale as the buildings and everything, right? Beautiful Marriott. I used to like it because they catered our breakfast every morning for my job, and they come with the fresh squeezed orange juice. I worked at a bougie company, you know, white people. That's how they like it. It's free for me, so I don't mm-hmm. care. Yeah, let me get some more. You know what I'm saying? So the Marriott mm-hmm. catered the food, and the food was always excellent. So... Right between the two buildings is this Marriott Hotel. It's like touching both of the World Trade Centers. And that's the people would hit that roof of the Marriott, Ooh. and you hear that. Oh, man, wow. they would jump. Because first we were like, what is, what is falling out the window? And you're like, Yo, that's people. Oh, shit. Like, they holding hands, jumping together. Yeah, that was like, oh, and then they hit the, wow. the roof of that Marriott. Bam! It was like, oh, and now, now our building is... Airtight, like um, soundproof. All the all all right. the buildings in Manhattan built after a certain date is soundproof, and you can hear that like bang, like like fireworks going off. Like oh, wow. you sound that like that banging on metal. Mhm. Mm. So that did hit. A hundred and some floor. Yes, some people was on because um. Yeah, they were jumping from above the 92nd floor. Because when the plane hit, if you were below where the plane hit, you could probably have gotten out. You know what I'm saying? But if you was above, it was nowhere for you to go down because the all the, the fire is below you. Yeah. Yeah, and then the heat rising because the, the plane burning, that's the only thing we could imagine because that – you know, they they just started jumping. It was like they would break the window and just jump out of it because they were so hot. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? They, it was like, am mm-hmm. I going to burn to death or am I, you know, just bore you to death or am I going to jump? 
and they decided to jump. It, mm. You know, that's that's the only thing I could imagine was going through their head. Um, now, did yeah. you see any plane parts? Because like the Pentagon, it was no parts or planes. Was there any plane parts there? Now, I had an argument with a brother about this before, right? He's trying to tell me no planes hit the building. I'm like, I saw both of them hit the building. What are you telling me? Right? Those buildings, the plane hit it, and it was like the building swallowed the plane and it burped it out the other side. So whatever parts was in that building, because it went into that building and it didn't come out the other side. All that came out the other side was the fire. And you know what I'm saying? And you so... And that that was both times when the, the first one hit slow, it was gliding. It was like this dude ain't about to hit the building. Oh shit, he is about to hit the building. Boom! Like what a idiot! How the fuck did he hit the building? You know what I'm saying? Like yo, everybody looking like yo, what an idiot! You know what I'm saying? We stood there for like ten, fifteen minutes, and then the next one came fast. That was coming from the other direction, and it turned. And it came, it was like, oh, that's going straight forward, full speed. And that one, boom, everyone saw that. That's the one that you see on the news. You know what okay. I'm saying? But the the first one was going slow, but it had the same reaction. Like, it burped it out. Burped it out the other side. Like, it was like you swallow something that was hot, mm-hmm. and it burped mm-hmm. through your neck, but you still don't see the food. So the food was the plane. Um, now... The planes that I saw did not have any windows. Huh. So those were not the passenger planes that they tell us about. Right. Those planes did not have any windows. The planes also, another thing, I think I told you this before, like, if you are, when you look at New York on a map, right, on the earth, a globe, or a big map of the United States, and they say, you see New York City, they show you this long island in the middle of the water. You got right off of the side of New Jersey, right? That is Long Island. That's not Manhattan. That's not the city. The city's so small you can't see it, right? So, but mm-hmm. Long Island is New York City metropolitan area. So everything that happens in Long Island you know, they we get their news, every you know, we, everything is the same. Just like I guess living in another part of Michigan that's not Detroit, but you're in the Detroit metro mm-hmm. area, they still get your news, they still get same sports news, right. everything, right? Exactly. So exactly. Long Island had a a hurricane that day. Didn't make the news. How y'all didn't make the news with this hurricane? Right? Big hurricane hits Long Island. Um, doesn't make the news in New York. Now, mind you, man, to live to to be out where the hurricane hit is where like Puffy lives. You gotta have money to live out there. Okay, this is like big money out there on the beaches of Long Island. Big beach houses. Uh, they have Brook Shields and all these superstars live out there. This is a big. All the politicians live out there, right? And on the other side, if you have a boat. You could probably ride about two hours straight up, and you'll be in Martha's Vineyard, right? So it's right there. This is all rich people stuff. This is big money. Doesn't make the news. Wait a minute. This don't make the news? So 
my opinion, that's where those uh, passenger jets ended up in that hurricane. Because right after 9-11, they, they finally allowed planes to enter and leave the United States again and all that stuff. And they have a plane going to the Dominican Republic. And it crashes right off of the runway in JFK Airport, right? Goes right out into the water and crashes. No one can explain how this plane crashed just taking off, right? But what washes up is six to eight engines. So it was like the perfect decoy for them to get all of that stuff that washed up from that hurricane, right? Because now they got a reason mm-hmm. to be getting all these engines and fuselages and all this stuff out the river, out the, you know, the ocean right there. So mm-hmm. to me, the hurricane was the perfect ploy for them to crash the plane the, with the passengers in that hurricane, crash them out in the water. Those planes washing up, they know they're going to wash up. So you create a plane crash right there where they're going to wash up at. So you can pick up all the pieces and you saying that it's all one plane, but how come y'all got eight engines? How come y'all got seven wings for one plane? You know what I'm saying? So this didn't mm-hmm. make sense. You know, so you can look that up. Like right after 9-11, right. Uh, there's a plane going to Dominican Republic that crashes in Rockaway Beach, New York, which is right there at the beach where all this stuff washed up at. So they get to close all that up, right, for look, investigate the plane, keep all the people away, while all this stuff washes up, and they can collect all of the plane pieces and put them in a big hangar. You know what I'm saying? Say mm-hmm. they're doing an investigation, but when the news went in the hangar, it was more pieces than there were planes. It was like the plane only got two wings, only got two right. engines, it only got this many wheels. How come y'all got 14 wheels? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it was, just, it was just real odd, but you could look that up. So I, in my so opinion, now, that's what happened. But those things so, that crashed into the World Trade Center that I saw were gray, mm-hmm. no windows, mm-hmm. and a blue circle on the front of them, both of them. Mm. Mm. So we now we know because we have seen it so many times about the psyops that they've been doing. So that probably mm-hmm. was one of their psyops. Uh, and we also know that they controlled the, the weather. So they could have very well made that hurricane, you know. But back then, we wasn't aware of what they were doing. Now we pretty much know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Now, you can uh, look this up. And I wish uh, everyone in the family to download this app called uh, Vent Tusky. V-E-N-T. What is it? It's um, Vent Tusky. V. Okay. E N T U S K Y. Something like that. It'll bring you there. It's a weather app. You can go fourteen days ahead. You can go on uh, fourteen days behind it's the earth and you can see the hurricanes coming across. Now we got five of them coming to the United States right now. Five mm-hmm. different trop right now they're tropical storms forming into hurricanes coming this way right this minute. One of them's about to hit Texas. You, now, like I said, when on this app, you find a hurricane, and you just go a couple days ahead and follow the path, and it's going to show you right where it's going to hit at. You know, so 
just be on the lookout. They're about to hit the East Coast. They got the West Coast, you know, Hawaii burning. They got um, the the cyclone that hit Los Angeles, San Diego. I mean, it never rains in Southern California. That's the song, right? You know, right. but they get they get a cyclone, you know. So, you know, they they so they they so lack of um of of precipitation that the whole um forest just burns if you drop a cigarette out there. They tell us because it doesn't rain there. But now all of a sudden they get a cyclone, you know, flash floods, you know, and all this type of stuff. It's like, damn, you know, how do y'all get that? You know, so that definitely in you know, the hawk trackers it's all over the earth man the hawk the whole earth is like purple right now so you can tell like they're doing a lot of stuff my thing is is this coming from the united states or is this coming from as an attack on the united states mm-hmm. you know we in world war three but they not it's a, they not telling us you gotta well pay it just attention. came out Yesterday, mm-hmm. that okay. um, Biden has troops on the ground in the Ukraine. They're getting mm-hmm. troop pay. Um, so what Putin did was he let off some strategic missiles right at the border of Poland um, and Russia to let them know, y'all cross this line with y'all troops. We're going to take them out. It ain't going to be no problem. So it's already gearing up to him putting American soldiers on the ground. You know, mm-hmm. now if 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 that if an American soldier crosses that border and fires a shot, we at war. You know, no doubt about it. You know, so why would he do that? You know, like because they're trying to keep up this facade that Ukraine is winning when they're getting decimated. I mean, the the funerals and stuff in the Ukraine. Now, these are Orthodox Christians for the most, for the most part. That's why they're Nazis. Um, so these, they were told they could send their wives and children to the United States, and they could come once this war is over, but there's a chance they might not survive the war. So they sent their wives and children to the United States, knowing that they might die over there, but this is what they were doing to get here. So you got all of those soldiers in Ukraine. You can see the pictures of them kissing their families and uh, as they as they're leaving and stuff like that to come here. Those people ain't never coming. They ain't never gonna see them dudes again. They all dead. They done killed mostly all of them dudes. So the United States has been sending mercenaries over there to fight for the Ukrainian place, sending over the Blackwater guys and all those type of guys, you know. And um, they don't wash up the mercenaries too. That's why he had the Wagner group out there. Uh, we put our mercenaries on your mercenaries. We ain't even gonna kill your mercenaries without soldiers. So y'all can spin that and say they're over there killing Americans and stuff. No, nah, he put the mercenaries on the mercenaries. So it's it's a done deal over there. You know, it's a done deal. He's being very patient. He's not going after Kiev. He's not going after Zelensky because he don't want that. You know what I'm saying? He don't want to take over the country, but, you know, they're trying to force him to. So if he does it, then they can spin it on the media. He's 
violently taking over the Ukraine and get a coalition of countries now on their side. You know what I'm saying? That's what they're trying mm-hmm. to make them. But Putin ain't stupid. Right. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, we um, so we can get back to uh, hip hop. Yeah, yeah. Did on um, what Sean calling? He what was his area called again? What you say his area? Three four seven. Three four yeah. seven. Is he having problems getting in? No, nah, he just said okay. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he's saying he got problems with his service. Oh, he got I'm one. I, well, he's going to have to call me, and I have to let him in. Yeah, I'm telling him to call me. I can let him in. Okay. You know what I'm saying? All right. But, um, That's good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But um, I wanted to start with the okay, story as it's been told to us. Okay. That... um. Uh, hip hop was born on October, I mean, August 11th, 1973. Mm-hmm. That's the story as it's been officially told to us. Now, who came up with this story? Who owns hip hop? Who own? Who controls it? You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. Old Testament. according to them, on this date, there was a party. Um, and on this party, um, all of the different elements of hip-hop, which were separate, came together as one, which would have been the dancers, the DJ. Let's start with the DJ, the dancers, the graffiti artists, the, the people in their style and dress, and, of course, um, uh, the rapper, right? So all of that happened on one date at this one party in the Bronx, and that's the date they accredit. So now, um, um, that's the that's the the day they accredit to the birth of hip hop. So, um, meaning that it was already going on, the different elements were going on, but it wasn't all in one place, right? Some people over here were rapping, some people over there were dancing but they didn't come together until this one date. Now, that's the official story. As we know, mm-hmm. we've been doing this way before some 1973. You know, this is just a part of our regular culture, but that's the date they accredit to it. Uh, on this date, you had um, Cool Herc was the DJ, and it's, it's, it's ironic. I believe he got stabbed at this party. That um, the, you know, that the party that I'm talking about, he was stabbed in the chest and barely um died. Um, but um, had this party and all of the people came together and it was a big success and they accredit that with the birthplace of hip hop. But you got to go further back and you got to look at um, the Bronx itself. And if you are, if you live in New York or if you come to New York, you'll notice that. What the Bronx has in common is all the highways, all the major highways run through the Bronx. Okay? So the Bronx has the highest asthma rate in the whole country because of that. Right? So they understood that this is a problem, right? Because these cars, as we have them today, they do cause asthma. 
the burning gas, burning into the air. Everywhere there's near a highway where black people live, the asthma rate is twice as high as if you don't live near a highway, right? So they purposely started moving um, people that did their misfits, let's just say, to the Bronx in the, in, in the 60s. Um, you start moving people there, and um, you're building the highways through different areas, moving them around, and um, what ends up happening is you have a, a period of time where there's almost 2 million people living in the Bronx, and they don't have the resources to handle that. So what the city did was something called planned shrinkage. And planned shrinkage, you can look this up in the Moynihan Report, this is when you take away services from an area to make it so unlivable that the people decide to leave. Okay? But in this instance, people didn't have any choice. They didn't have the money. They had to live in the Bronx. So you had these um, whole buildings, whole areas. Oh, he said he's dead now. Beth. You there, Beth? I'm just talking. I have my mute on. Okay, your oh, line okay. is open. Thanks for joining us. Three four seven. Yo, Sean, you your your line is open. Oh, my fault. You can hear me? Yeah. Now, man, what's going on, man? Okay, okay. Peace, peace. Peace, peace. peace man. Hello. Uh, I was just going into um, some of the things that led to the culture of hip hop, uh, and I was explaining the planned shrinkage in the Bronx. Uh, and uh, during this planned shrinkage, they closed a lot of the fire stations, they closed a lot of the police stations, they closed a lot of the schools, they closed a lot of the subway stations. So they were trying to make it unlivable for the people so they could clear out on, areas to build the highways, huh? I was going to say, which is the reason why the Bronx looks the way it does in those 1970 pictures of everything burning exactly. and on fire and looks like trash. But I just want to throw that in yeah. real quick. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, it's a book called Bronx is Burning. The Bronx had over 10,000 um, fires between 1970 and 1980. Uh, so the police stations are closed. You get robbed in the Bronx. Ain't no no cops showing up. You know what I'm saying? It was a disaster. So out of that condition, these young kids created hip hop. They don't have any police telling them to stop. They don't have any um, authorities telling them they can't congregate this way. They can't go to this vacant lot and do flips off of the mattresses, and they they just created this culture, the young kids, you know what I'm saying, which turns into what we call hip-hop culture, uh, if you catch what I'm saying. I don't think this culture could have manifested if it had authority. It had no authority. It had no one telling them to stop, no one saying, yo, stop throwing bottles and rocks. And at the same time, everything around them is vacant. All these buildings have burned down. So it might be three buildings on a block. All the rest of the buildings are burned down. And they didn't pick up the stuff. All that stuff is still there. All the glass, the furniture, the the, the bricks. You remember seeing the vacant lots back in the days, right? What's wrong? Indeed. 
Yeah, the nails on the head, Absolutely. I was going to say the same thing. Falling bricks all over the place. Exactly. Bricks all over the place. Also, um, being that they was trying to move these people out, they cut their electricity off in certain buildings. But people would squat in those buildings anyway, and they would run extension cords across from their building to the next building where they might have electricity, and those people allowed them to use their electricity. So you had all that stuff going on at this time. You talk about extreme poverty, extreme poor people. You know, ain't no jobs. It ain't no, It ain't like today. Let me just throw one in the world. You can't forget. I said, don't forget as well. You can't forget that there was running the power from the, to the street lamps. You know, we're talking about hip hop, so we got to bring out, exactly. you know, running street the car from power. the street lamps just so mm-hmm. that you could keep, you know, keep the gas burning in, in, in the house so, so moms could cook on the stove and whatnot. Exactly, exactly. So it, out of this poverty comes this movement, and that brings us to the actual party that took place in 73, August 11th, where all the different elements of hip-hop came together uh, and uh, created this, you could say, movement. Some people call it culture. I, I would like to call it culture, but it ain't our culture, it ain't my culture anymore. With, with hip-hop today, I don't agree with it. I don't like what I'm hearing. I don't know. I know you don't either, Rashawn. I don't see the people that do it today taking it to the to the next level. Like I felt like every as I grew up every year they were trying to take it to the next level that the next the last people didn't, but I don't get that feeling anymore. What about you, bro? Before before Sean, before you respond, what year do you say hip hop started? I would say possibly um, around the 60s. Okay, That's late 60s. Think. Late the, 60s, the after, 60s. After after okay. the King assassination. Um, okay. I, I, I honestly okay. think that this was a response to that because when you listen to mm-hmm. the earliest hip hop, it's very much Malcolm and Martin. You got a lot of that. Okay. In it. You, um, am I you know? Am I right, Rashawn? Like you got a lot of that. Um, yeah, I think I think what, what you where, where you going with the is um you going you going sixties so talking. Bit, I'm sorry, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, just project yourself. How, how how's that? Yeah, yeah, that probably got to find the mic. Um, what what you talking is early hip hop. We're talking pre like the the original original days of hip hop, even before what we was considering hip hop. Now we're talking um. The forefathers would be. I'm trying to get the name. Um, what was these brothers' name? The poetry dudes. Uh, the last poets. The last poets. Mm-hmm. The last poets and brothers. That's cut from that cloth. You know, that was Gil basically Scott rapping. Gil Scott Heron, exactly. Um, Isaac Hayes, even. You got so many cats out there that was mm-hmm. re- really, oh, James you know, Brown. James Brown. Hey. Yeah. You know, we could go on oh. and on, but uh, mm-hmm. but that, the that, only that thing that separates what they was doing, the um, those guys were doing from what hip hop is, is they didn't have a DJ and they weren't 
doing it over break beat. You know what I'm saying? They were doing it over little yeah. drums. Oh. You know, but well, the, the like they, we, we played live music back then. We we played instruments back then. We had nothing else to do. Cats yeah. actually picked up instruments and, and and was rocking. So you know, the last poet. Yeah, so you needed was a djembe drum. You know. Yeah, yeah, and I like some of their stuff too. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. So that what year was that though? Last poet. I oh man, I I bet you might be able to help us. That I, I can't really yeah, recall. Yeah, they man, were back but, uh, in the they were back in the sixties. That's yeah, sick. So okay, I wanted could, to say sixties, maybe sixty five, mid sixties somewhere. Mm-hmm. So we could say yeah, that. Like you said, after Martin, one of the um backdrops of you know the the foundation of what became hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Um, definitely, definitely. So um, you have this uh, culture born. In 73, they say. And uh, for the most part, most of the artists are... No, we, we're not going to go with what Cosmos. We're not going with what they say. I mean, this is, is what we say, because this is what Absolutely. was created by right. us. So you saying it started in the 60s. That's what I'm going with. Absolutely. Yeah, because my man, Brother Bragg, said he's from East New York. And he said, man, we man, we used to do that, man. We used to go take the, the plug in and have a DJ go outside and have the block parties. And I'm like, well, damn, that's hip hop. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's it. Uh, but um, let's go to this period of time where uh, it, it's, it's in its inception. The people that were rappers and the people that were um, part of the culture, they didn't have no album. They didn't have any records. It wasn't none of that stuff yet. What you had was crews. You had the Cold Crush Brothers. You had um, Funky, the Fabulous Four Plus One More. All, all these different rap crews uh, that were uh, formed. Now, what you would do is, let's just say me and Rashawn, we want to throw a party. We'll hire one of these groups to come through, pay their fee. We'll start selling tickets at the rec center that we rented out get our money back. So these guys were like performers. They didn't have records. They didn't have songs. They had performances. The performance local, might be... It was local performances. Local, local performances. Cats, you know. Local in the neighborhood. Yeah. Neighborhood to neighborhood. Exactly. And they would be, you know, somebody in Brooklyn wants them to do a party, they go out there. Someone in Queens wants them to do a party, they go out there. Uh, they have the jersey, wherever they had to go, they go and do the same performance, uh, same little dance routine. Everything would be pretty much standard, and people knew what but they the, were going to get when they went to their show. They knew the songs from listening to the, the audio recordings of it, you know, where people taste it, and those tapes were going all around. So this is how it started. It was no actual song yet. There was but no, let, me, um, let me throw in real quick as well. Go ahead. Interrupt, but let's not forget the, the reason why they were, they were doing, they were performing how they were performing from neighborhood to neighborhood, party to party, so that they can get into the clubs, right? Funky Fresh, uh, Grandmaster, they, they, they go in the neighborhood to neighborhood, but they're trying to take their performances to the club, to the Roxy, you know what I mean? To the, yeah. you know, to mm-hmm. the light quarter. They're trying to get into the big club to become the record, the big deal on a record. So, Absolutely. You know, they're trying to get there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. That's a great point, bro. And uh, to, to, especially trying to get into the rock, the fever, you know what I'm saying, to, to rock those clubs, that was like big time, you know. Even with the, uh, and just to touch on that, even with the graffiti, like, if I could put my art on the side of a train, if, if I'm a poor kid in the Bronx, way uptown in 240-some street, and I could put this art on the side of the train, and it's going to go through Manhattan, it's going to go through 42nd Street, it's going to go through 34th Street, it's going to go through 14th Street, everyone in the world going to see my art. You get what I'm saying? That's the mindset of these young kids when they And that's just Manhattan. They even get to the train, they even get to Brooklyn yet. They even get to Brooklyn yet where the, it was probably more. You know what I'm saying? It was just, especially with the graffiti. You know, so, yeah, because you could look, man, when you on, like, the um, J train and an M train up there where it's, like, a elevated track when it come over to Williamsburg, and it's these buildings where I'm like, how the hell they got up there to draw all that stuff? Like, these dudes risked their lives to, to put the graffiti on these buildings, man. They had to have yeah. one foot on a ledge with the spray paint on one hand while they're holding on, like, the the – the ability they had to do it, but um, moving ahead to these performing groups, that's what made the labels start to say, hey, you know, let's check this out, you know, but those guys couldn't make a song, right? They had performances. You had to, you know, um, and one of the few ones that could make the song was Melly Mel and those guys. That's why you got that classic album um, that they put out with The Message called The Message, and the song is called The Message, uh, which is considered by some the most important rap song ever. Um, I don't know what you think, bro. I know that's subjective, but a lot of people think that without that song, it never would have, uh, the culture would have never expanded. You know, it was on some up That was the first conscious, that was the first conscious hip-hop track. Conscious, you really talking about political and 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 uh, and, uh, and uh, the uh, you know the plight of our people put it on wax for everyone, you know he kept it real, you know. Yeah, and I now the realest we ever I, heard the I hood. Remember, and I remember during that time when it came out here, uh, that's all you heard in, from the cars in the street in the summertime. That's all you heard was that song. Yeah, coming out yeah. of the it changed the world, and, and yeah. that's why even yeah. today, I'm sorry, to cut you off, uh, but uh, you know he he speaks of how he speaks about hip hop. It's like what you consider great. If it don't change, if your this song didn't change the world, then how great are you? You know, forget how many how popular it was. We talking about did your song affect the world like the message did? The message affected the world. It wasn't just a cool song. Yeah. Everybody had it made everybody sit and just start thinking like, "Whoa, did you hear what he said?" You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, damn, they living like that. You know, don't you know push me because I'm close to the edge. Everybody was feeling that, and everybody he, he he spoke the words of every black man and every black woman. Like I'm close to the edge. I'm about to yeah. lose my head. Like, come on. Yeah, sort of like look at how I'm living. How we got it. He said, look how we all live in. Yeah, absolutely, man. And um, I think that's why the most, in my opinion, the most important song, because uh, it was the first one. You know, I'm not with the last one. What, what, what 
element of hip-hop that's missing. Like I said, you got the style, the dance. You got the DJ, the rapper. You got the graffiti. Um, but we don't have the consciousness anymore. And the consciousness was very important in the beginning inceptions of hip-hop. A lot of the first rappers were uh, members of the nation of gods and earth. Right? They had principles and, and beliefs and they uh, they stood on conviction. They stood on teaching people. They were the poor righteous teachers. They weren't coming out here trying to just spew a bunch of money and look at what I got and you don't have. It was more, you know, let's uplift the people with our um, rapping. Let's, let's show them something else. Let's show them another way. You even had at the inception of hip-hop, uh, you could get a lot of the, like I said, you had a lot of the Malcolm Martin. You also had a lot of uh, the comedic stuff that was in a lot of the early songs as well. You know, even up until the 90s, when you, uh, uh, late 80s, 90s, when you brought out X-Clan, which was talking straight, Pan-African, Tenet. They had all the symbolism, all of the onks and all that stuff. In One of my favorites, so, Brother Jay, is in my top five, man. I'm telling you, like, I don't know about Brother Jay. He was nice. But go ahead. Brother Jay. Yes, African, very African. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, the consciousness <laughs> within all of these different MCs, um, rappers, they call them today, but back then you had true MCs, right? And that's why I asked you to play that song with KRS-One on that, that the MC, because he's explaining what an MC is. And like Sean just said, it changed the world. You know, KRS-One uh, changed the world several times in his career. You know what I'm saying? With the stuff he said that just made you sick here. Like, hmm, whether he was talking about the police, whether he was talking about black police, you know what I'm saying? Just his philosophy made you think, you know, hmm, you know. So it, it's it's not a lot of thought being put into this stuff anymore. It's like, do what I do, and they just do it. Like zombies, there's no thought. Like, think about what you do. You know what I'm saying? Um, you catch what I'm saying, Rashawn? Yeah, yeah. To piggyback on what you said, I think that goes back to what you said before about the, um, you know, music coming from the 60s and the consciousness that Malcolm and Martin brought. And then after, you know, they were assassinated and we, we were trying to pick up that torch out as a people, you know, so... Our music definitely carried us through. You know, James Brown did his thing. You got the Isley Brothers, everybody, Earth, Wind, and Fire. You know, everybody was bringing consciousness to their music. So when hip-hop came out of the 70s, from 60s to 70s, we knew we had to do the same thing. We're not stepping to the mic. For it, 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 it wasn't no time for that. Nobody, nobody could ever fathom step into the mic and step in front of a camera recording yourself in a video looking silly. We we, we had too much shit going on to you know, to, to, to play games, so everything we did was was serious, you know? So Absolutely. You know, but uh yeah, yeah. That 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 that's so so yeah. So so from day one we, we was on it like, you know, we could be we, we repping for the culture and we better represent and that's how we always kept it until, you know, they let the drugs and the money get involved or to say the money. Yeah, yeah. Well, drugs brings the money. Uh, and to keep it in the timeline, you go from those acts that are being called to rec centers to uh, 
someone by the name of Sylvia Rome uh, hearing one of these tapes and forming a group called the Sugar Hill Gang. Now, the Sugar Hill Gang came out with what's regarded as the first hip-hop song, not conscious, the party groove, you know what I'm saying? And uh, that's good. Hip-hop is supposed to have different vibes. It's not supposed to all be one way, you know what I'm saying? And this was just a, you know, hit the dance floor, you know what I'm saying? Party track. I believe that's, yeah, it was, it's a good time, right? Good time? Yeah, good times. Yeah, it's a party track, See, that's all. Uh, the, yeah, it's just, yo, family reunion, rock party, that song comes on, you know, get your little two-step on. That was um, the vibe, and that's what was what brought the um, the music out, you know, was through that. But it wasn't until that message song where people really said, oh, this this is what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? I, I, could, I could do that, you know what I'm saying? But I think um, what we're at is the time where it goes from being these acts that perform on stage to actually being songs that's put on reels and sold on tapes. Okay, and, and, and that's um, the time frame we're at now. Uh, and once again, all the elements are on these songs, right? Even when you go back to uh, Russell Simmons, who's very important when you talk about hip-hop history, because uh, he was the manager. Rush Management was managing most of these dudes back then. He was the only one that could get you gigs and get you in the club and, you know, get, get you a, a deal. Um, I believe um, at one time Rakim was under Rush management. You know, I think they asked, who you rolling with? I'm rolling with Rush. You know what I'm saying? Um, but he brought out this artist that he managed by the name of Curtis Blow. Curtis Blow is probably the first superstar rapper. You know, the first one who everyone tried to be like. You know what I'm saying? He had the, the, the look. He had a couple of hit songs. You know, these are the breaks. And um, basketball, and, you know, he was he was the first rapper that they marketed to the people to see what it could do. Even came you out know, with a Christmas song. Yeah, even came out with a Christmas song, you know, and um, once again, it wasn't a big, he didn't sell a lot of records, it wasn't a, a household um, music yet, like it became, but what he did was show the possibility of what it could be. And laid out the blueprint on kind of how to do it. By the time Rush stopped managing people, he got his label situation, which was on his movement. He kind of had an idea how to to really market this music. And he brings out, uh, well, this is a little bit later. You got to think about the time period of Curtis Blow. I guess the other artists out that time is like UCB. Yo, Tom, Um, Tom, we we step to the mic. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, you kind of losing you though. Step to the mic. I'm here. Can you hear me better now? Mm-hmm. Hello. We can hear yeah, you. yeah. We can hear you. Okay. Yeah, I guess at the time of Curtis Blow, you had other artists out like Busy B, um, and um, that was still like that loosey goosey rap, you know, um, you know, kind of real simple. Um, and then you had artists come out, start coming out like uh, Cool Modi who was actually putting together syllable rhymes. He was actually putting together what we call balls. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Making these metaphors and stuff rhyme. It wasn't just telling a story. It was actually making a rhyme. It was like, oh, okay. 
you know, and he I had stanzas, four bars. It was four. He he was doing four bar stanzas. He was really hitting you with, like you said, bars. And yeah, Kumo D was the man. Anybody forget about yeah. him? Yeah. So around this time is when it starts to excel because you had the blueprint on how to look. Kumo D wasn't following that blueprint at all. You know, Kumo D was militant looking. You know, he looked like he was straight out the Black Panthers. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't coming with the that look, um, uh, which brought us ahead to the early 80s when uh, Russell Simmons, going into the mid-late 80s, he drops the first platinum rapper named LL Cool J. LL Cool J was a guy who rapped in stanzas, had the look, had the swag, had everything going for him. Um, and uh, I would, I got him as, and personally, I think he, he's probably the greatest. I mean, he's still doing it. You know what I'm saying? From 82, 83. He still got a career. Do that. You know what I'm saying? Was he before so, Ron DMC? Or was that the same time? I was just about to say, he was out with Run DMC. Like, he was the same time. At the same time, Run DMC might have been out just a little bit before them. Before. And then LL came at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. LL came after them. But literally, LL been rocking since One DMC, and like you said, he's still rocking. That's kind of that. That's a big deal, right there. That's a lot to say. And he was a teenager. I remember. I had he was fans working uh, on stage, yeah. and, he, and he came to Detroit. He was a teenager. <laughs> yeah. he started at sixteen. You can see him in class. Yeah, I remember. Oh, uh, where they was like, yo. He's like, put the beat on. He just dropped a verse. Like, oh, shit. Who's that dude? You know what I'm saying? And um, I, I, I think he's the biggest the biggest rapper of all time. He's not my favorite. You know what I'm saying? But just looking at career-wise, selling records. Yeah, did. longevity. He, he got platinum albums in three decades. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he's he as big as he, he gets. He did movies. He did TV, like what more? Yeah, you know, he he's not the he might not be at the top of the nicest as lyricism and goes, but career wise, yeah, he he's the goat. You know, he he is the greatest. You know, of all times, uh, he's one of them. You know, what I mean, there's never no one, but he's his stars up there. He 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 would definitely be on Mount Washington. I put it that way. He'll be one definitely, of the four of what he's done. Still doing. Actually, still doing so what? so how about this? He he's he's a rock star. He's a hip hop rock star. He's the first, That's yeah, the first one when he walks in a room and the mall shuts down. He's the first one that couldn't, couldn't go yeah. to the movies no more. You know, because he'll get mobbed by people. Like and um, ladies loved him and girls loved him. I hated the music. I, I couldn't stand that I need love and all that stuff. I was like, oh, this is for the... But, <laughs> man, my cousin, man, that's, you better not touch the television. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you know, yeah, he was definitely <laughs> that guy, man. No doubt. He was that guy. But, once again, he brought in the element of not being conscious. Okay? And was successful no not being conscious. Right? Because it was nothing conscious about LL. He came out dissing Como D. He came out dissing all those Africa medallion wearing dudes. You know what I'm saying? He came out like, man, I got my gold rope. I got my, I got my Ferrari. My forty. Know, I'm fly. Don't, and don't forget that hat, the Kango hat. 
the Kango, yeah, you know, he was fly. He wasn't about all that political stuff and his soul. So what, what, you know what I'm saying? He was, he wasn't every, every, a lot of people at that time looked at him as the anti-MC. I don't know if you caught that as well back in that ever. Like we looked at Rakim and Kane and KRS or as, as, as this, LL, he's there, but he's over here. You know what I'm saying? He, he's a rock star. He's, not he's, he's that been shit. a rock star from day one. He, that's what he's always been. That's why he's fit the way he's fit. He ain't trying to be nice. He just the rock star that he is. Yeah. So, oh uh, yeah, yeah. But so, I think what helped uh, him too was Ron DMC because they crossed over during that time when they made the song with the rock star. Yeah, one DMC. Uh, the yeah, person that I mean, owned Def Jam, yeah, the person oh, that owned Def Jam, name was Rick Rubin. He's a rock and roll producer. He he Russell goes to his room and he gives Russell some money to run stuff, but he owns it. He's still you know mm-hmm. he's the owner. So Rick Rubin, he had he brings out these rock beats for people to rap over. And he had a white rap group that. Wrapped over these Rockies, Beastie Boys, One um, yeah. DMC also wrapped over these Rockies, um, which you can say what you want, but Public Enemy wrapped over them rock beats. They ain't sound nothing like rock when Public Enemy wrapped over them rock beats. You know, say they that was straight hip hop the way they did it. You know, it wasn't no dumb diddy dumb diddy diddy dumb dumb like One DMC. I mean, they was coming with. Every line was conscious. It was straight hit over rock beats. And I don't think anyone ever rocked over them rock beats better than them that he was making. And, um, but One DMC was definitely the first, I think, superstar rap group. They were the yeah. first ones with a movie because they were in Crush Rube as themselves. Um, uh, even I think what, they were what? the first superstars. Because like you said, before Curtis, I mean, after Curtis Blow, he was the first one, and then 1DMC was right after that, and they took it to the next level. 1DMC was like, they were the first superstar, superstar. They were the first ones. I mean, everybody wanted to be like, oh, I want to rap. We all, I want to rap. We all going to rap now. 1DMC made everybody want to start rapping. Yeah, but even before they crossed over... They was the hood was just we was listening to one DMC like yo do you hear this guy do you hear what one is doing running all over the tracks he was the first yeah, dude two with, years with ago, that lyricism just spitting it with that yeah. that too but yeah. then DMC he came through with his, his style like they was just the first dudes that made everybody say I want to rap because this shit is cool. Yeah. Dude, do you hear and I want to look like them when I do it too because they had the the, the Adidas, they had the, the swag, the, the, yeah, yeah the they swag had the, the, like, the leather bombers. <laughs> I mean, that was like what? Like they, man, they were just smooth brothers, but we ain't in no rush. You can't sweat. We ain't sweating nothing. We just cool like that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's funny. Like I was at the hip hop concert, and Run DMC closed it out, and everybody at the front row pulled out their Adidas, bro, lifting up in the air. And uh, one step right out on the stage. He's like, there's a whole lot of superstars on this stage here tonight. <laughs> but I want y'all to know one thing. This is my house. Like, he took the stage, bro. 
Like, dude, these dudes still got it, man. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That was my first tape, was uh, King of Rock. I'm the king of right. rock. It is my heart. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That was in oh. my head this whole time. We talking about that rock song. That was in my head right there. That's one of the greatest hip-hop rock joints right there. Like, you, you can still hear the yeah. guitars in the back yeah. when, when you hear that song, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, as we go ahead in time, we're, we're at the period of LL, right? Right after one DMC, LL comes out. He's really um, the star, but at the time he comes out, some of the greatest rappers and greatest albums come out as well, right on the same label. Because you get the Riches of Slick Rick, which is probably, when that album dropped, was probably the greatest album ever when it came out. Like, you remember that album? Yeah, indeed. Changed the world. I mean, changed the world. Changed the world. And it was conscious, but he he laced the conscious in these stories, and they had meaning yeah. and principles and, and values. It's funny, though, man, like, you, you know? Yeah, like, you heard what he said? Like, what? Yeah. Sit down and right. eat a slice of pizza and be quiet. Like, come on, man. Yeah, with the British accent, just really, like, just, oh, man, that that album there, man, I remember listening to Indian Girl, and my mother was like, what are you listening to? You know, hey, y'all, hey, y'all, hey, y'all, ho. You know what I'm saying? But, um, <laughs> yeah, that. Teenage Love was my joint. Teenage Love, and if y'all watch Teenage Love video, in the first 13 seconds, y'all gonna see Little Kim way before she was anything thinking about being a rapper is you can see her natural as a little girl probably about 16, 17 at the time, she's in that video of Teenage Love uh, in the first few minutes of it, but um, yeah, so you had um, the ever change, because you had Slick Rick coming out. You had ETMD, which was like uh, Run DMC rapping over hip hop beats instead of rock beats. You know what I'm saying? They were really, and, and to this day, I still think they probably, of all the artists I ever seen when they first came out, they exuded all the elements of hip hop uh, because they would they would do their little dance. They had the dancers with them. They had the DJ. The DJ was always nice. Nice, super nice. Probably the greatest ever. Scratch in the record. They had um, yeah. they had the 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 style, but see their style, they always wore the 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 dope clothes with the graffiti written on them. So they even had the graffiti element added to the outfits. You get what I'm saying? And um, I felt like they embodied the culture with that. You know what I'm saying? It was. It wasn't just being stylish. It was like, I'm going to be stylish, plus I'm going to add that fifth element to it. So, you know, you always saw the EPMD with the with the white sweatshirts, but they would have the graffiti all over it. That said EPMD and pictures of them and stuff yeah, like I that. Think that, that was uh, Shirt Kings. Had to do Shirt yeah. Kings, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, but now this time we're talking mid-80s. Um... And don't forget, oh. we also got Big Daddy Kane dropping at this time. You got Biz Monkey, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit later. We're talking, what, 85, 86, 87. Uh, man, I'm sorry. No, where you at, 85? You said what? Over around like 86. 
uh, in 87, this event happened in New York that, um, to me, it changed the trajectory of hip-hop forever. And it was um, uh, it's something called a beef. People ain't know nothing about no beef, really, until this happened. And it was uh, MC Shin from Queensbridge versus um, KRS-One and Boogie Down Productions. And this was over where was hip-hop created at. That's what the whole beef was over. So you had Queensbridge, and it, he never said hip-hop started in Queensbridge, uh, but he had the story like, you know, I'm going to tell you where how it all began. Telling his story, but KRS-One took it like, oh, he's trying to say that Queens created hip-hop, not the blacks, and he went in. And to this day, you know, that's probably regarded as the greatest, this one of the greatest diss tracks ever. You know what I'm saying? The bridge is over. Um you know, uh, you know, you you was in the Bronx, Brooklyn at that time. So what was y'all thinking in Brooklyn? Because it was like in Jersey, that's the greatest dude ever to rap right there. He just did they whole projects. You know what I'm saying? And you know what I'm saying? And yeah, he he went in on that one. Yeah, I mean, it was the same across the board all over the city. You know, Kara Smash. You know, plain and simple. You know. Yeah, yeah. Still a classic so, to the uh, day. And that, that changed the trajectory of hip-hop forever. Because the diss, you know, oh, they, they diss one another. They, they they actually calling out each other's names. Um, so that um, is very important. And that was, what, 86, 87? We dropped on so what they album. did, what they did, they got people ready for uh, West Coast. Yeah, so Which now the West Coast comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we oh, was yeah. leading into the West Coast because we're in the late 1980s. And, you know, like I said, you had Kane and Rakim and Karis One and all these guys come out. And they were, like, regarded as these great lyrical rappers who embodied the true principles of what the lyricists who came before them did. They were respected by those who came before them. And then comes the West Coast rappers. Um, and a lot of people on the East Coast didn't like the West Coast rappers. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of them stood out. And regardless of where you went, they everyone would say, well, that dude Ice Cube is nice, though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. he was the standout guy from that group. Uh, but, you know, Eazy-E wasn't a great rapper. Um, Dr. Dre was more of the producer. Their beats was awesome. I mean, they beats was nice. Uh, but they just were kind of simple on the first album. The first uh, NWA and the Posse album, you had Easy Does It album. And I was big on them because I liked the whole fact that they was cursing. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, they cursing and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow. You know, but um, but prior to NWA, cursing was not normal in hip-hop. You hardly, it might be one curse on an album. Somebody might say, man, put, you know, I'm slick as shit. Might be the curse, you know what I'm saying? But it, you didn't get this, um, the cursing, and you didn't get any music prior to that that was derogatory toward women. Everything was kind of queen, mother goddess. But when um, they came out, it was, man, she a bitch, she's a hoe. You know, and that became like their 
what made them sell kind of was the fact that they were not clean. You know what I'm saying? They were they were the opposite. And um, New York at the time, I think, had gotten a little bit too positive. You know, you have these songs about self-destruction and, you know, it was no, nothing, it, everything was one way. It was no other, you know, it, it brought the opposite of what they were doing. It, it, it was the, the anti-antithesis to the East Coast. What, what do you think, LaShawn? Oh, that's it, man. That was nice there. We, uh, I don't know. I like what you said there. Makes sense. Oh, okay. Um, but what they did was definitely hip-hop. They had DJs. They was rapping over breakbeats. They were scratching. Dr. Dre was nice. Yellow was nice scratching. Uh, I, I'd probably say Dr. Dre probably one of the greatest top five, top ten producers ever to live uh, and putting music together. Uh, however, the music was very um, negative, let's just say. It wasn't about positive. It was like uh, on, on the East Coast, they were trying to break the stereotypes of what a black man is. We, we're more than just this. And in the West Coast, it was like, man, embrace that shit. We niggas for life. We, you know, we, I'm a real nigga. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, no, we, we're trying to leave that that the way they put us at alone, and you're feeding into it. But then it became... But at that time... Everybody said... Then they, mm-hmm. then they had the Bloods and the Crips at that time, didn't they? What, 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 when I oh, see yeah. them was out. Bloods and Crips came out in the um, um, 60s. 70s, was it? Oh, they was in the 60s. No, the, the late 60s okay. you had the, the Pyrus and the Slawsons, which became the Bloods and Crips in the 70s. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they, they had the gangs already. Uh, and one thing about gangster rap when it started, and this I think was very, um, one one reason probably is because L.A. was extremely dangerous back then. I mean, you think L.A. bad now? <laughs> 90s L.A.? Shit. That's like 90s mm-hmm. New York. Like, it was a whole other story. Uh, it was on. They You never heard them glorify a gang. You never heard EVE even though he was a crip, he never went on an album saying, I'm a crip. You know, you never saw Dr. Dre in them throw up gang signs and say they were a member of a gang. It was called gangster rap. They were repping for all the gangs, though. They weren't specifying which gangs like they do now. You know what I'm saying? It was, they didn't mention, you. I can't think of one um, NWA song, and I heard all of them, where they talk about bloods and crips. Mention the word blood of crip. Easy E song where he says, uh, one shout to my Hoover um, street, you know, saying like he, he shouted out a specific gang, but I never saw that from them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, do, do you remember them doing that? Because I, I'm, I, Gangsta Rap was out already. I didn't have no idea what a blood of crip was until the movie came yeah, out. That, that, that's, that's the play on words, though, because. It's gangster rap, but to be to start the start of it, they weren't talking about gangs, gangs. 
but they were just talking gangster talk. It was gang like we talk. We we pulling out guns. We we shooting people. We we you know it's it's gun it's drugs and guns. Guns and drugs. That's what it was. And somehow mm-hmm. we called it gangster rap, but it wasn't about gangs. It, the gangs didn't come in till later. But what we would call it gangster rap I was just think. the West Coast version of hardcore rap. Well, we on the East was hardcore. That's to us. We got guns, too, but we we wasn't about gangs. We didn't have gangs over in, in, in Brooklyn. And, well, I mean, not like that. We just had niggas with guns, and we know how to bust, you know what I mean? We just niggas from the projects, niggas from my building is going, we shooting from niggas over the net. Y'all, had, y'all, y'all, y'all definitely had. had gangs in Brooklyn, though. Y'all had the Decepticons out not, there. Uh, yeah, that's okay, true, true, that too. But it was not like <laughs> Crips and Pie Woo, but these guys. No, it wasn't, it wasn't organized like this is. Nah. Nah, nah, yeah, the people, they were different. We had games in the 70s too. I ain't going to act like we, I don't know about the games. Oh, the spades and all that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's way different. Go ahead, Beth. I'm sorry. I think that they were talking about the games because I have family living right there in the middle of all of that. And uh, that was what was going on. What they were rapping oh, about. Yeah. They were, that, that's exactly what but was they going wasn't on. Calling so, out, they wasn't calling out the gangs, but in particular. No, but they were know, telling like, you just like just like uh, when uh, Ice Cube made that song. It was a good day. That's what them guys yeah, was going. I didn't through. have to do my AK. Yes, when I, yeah. and I Classic. made it home Classic. in the evening. Them guys were yeah. going through that, you know, doing that time. Yeah. They oh, yeah, made for it sure. home Definitely. in the evening. So I think that they were telling you what was going on at that time with the gangs. They wasn't calling them out, but they were telling you how but they, they were yeah, That's what Tom was just saying. They just wasn't calling them out. Yeah. They wasn't saying, oh, yeah. from this block, from that block. You know, yeah. got, they, yeah. they, 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 they calling out blocks. Like, like out, what they do today where it gets violent now for, for these young rappers because they are shouting out bloods in every song or crypt or vice lord or disciple mm-hmm. or you know, whatever they whatever they claim, and now you got automatic enemies. You got to go on the road with this. And now they got to mm-hmm. ride around with a 50-people entourage, and you know what I'm saying, because they want to rep a gang instead of just be a gangster rapper. You know what I'm saying? It was yeah. like it was a, you know, back then, they didn't have to be real. Like Ice Cube and Dr. Dre, they wasn't no gangsters. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I think of... Dr. Dre was in the Worldwide Record Crew. I mean, he was wearing makeup and stuff on the album cover. He was already producing mm-hmm. records. You know, Ice Cube was, a, a, I, I think, like a gifted and talented type kid. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. somehow those those elements all came together. Like, Easy said, oh, I found the best I, rapper in, in my neighborhood and the best producer in my neighborhood. Let's put them together and see what we could make. And he made Ruthless. You know what I'm saying? I think that they were like Hollywood. I think that they were able to interpret what was going on at that time because what they were saying was what I was hearing that what the, what they were going through, what was going on in the streets. They were just mm-hmm. reflecting. That doesn't mean yeah. that they necessarily came from right. it themselves. That's, yeah. They would just be reflecting. Exactly. That's why I call them Hollywood. They were the artists that was you know, able to that, paint yes. the picture to yes. the best. Yes. Exactly. Right. And that's but why some people call Ice Cube the greatest actor ever. Yes, yes. 
or Tupac even, right? You know, no, okay. Tupac, he was a different animal. He was he was a, he came a, another way. Okay, go ahead. But but we still oh, no, no, actors, no. though. Because we still these these guys are actors. Like these guys are actors. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. These dudes they they none of them was real. Today they real because they but they not artists. So they're not able to paint yeah. the pictures anymore <laughs> because they're too busy being real. So you, instead mm-hmm. of you having a, a what they think is real, who can articulate the gangster No, I mean, these dudes got bodies. King Vaughn, I mean, he's a serial killer, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, these that, dudes, that make it's real. real. Like, they... Ah, uh, go ahead. No, I, I'm just throwing shit in there. That don't make you real, but I ain't going to... You know, I don't, I don't want to turn no, that no, into that kind of party. Oh, so, uh, but at this time we add the 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 hip or uh, hip hop is expanding though. So you got the West Coast, and before NWA came out, Ice T came out. He just wasn't as talented. I think uh, he did <laughs> his music wasn't as universal. Let's just say he wasn't uh, as, as their music was. Um, yeah, uh, it, other artists from the West Coast came out, but. By far, the NWA family, when the, how it branched out with Dr. Dre, then adding Snoop and uh, EDE, ended up adding Bone Thugs, which is, even though they're from Cleveland, but, you know, they, that whole branches of that tree kind of spread out and, and did pretty good, you know, for themselves. Um, and rap was also spread into the South. You had the Ghetto Boys coming out. The Ghetto Boys. The Dirty South, yeah, from the Fifth Ward of Houston. Uh, and their second album, they added a, a rapper by the name of Scarface, who's one of the greatest rappers ever. Um, and um, he really took it to another level because one thing about people with an ear for hip-hop, and I'm sure Rashawn could agree, that when you hear somebody who could really rap, you like, oh, that dude could really rap. You know what I'm saying? And... um he wasn't corny, you know, like prior to him, I would say the South was Luke. Luke was their representation. And Luke was, don't stop, get it, get it, don't stop, get it, get it. He wasn't rapping, you know, and, and when his group that rapped, um, Brother Marquise and um, uh, Kid, um, Too Loud what was Crew. Huh? The Too Loud Crew, I forget the names. Yeah, the Too Loud Crew, yeah. Think his name Kid Fresh or something like that. When he passed away, God bless him. Where they they were kind of real old school simple. Like they were still rapping like dudes rapped in the seventies. Like they were real old school. Uh, but they had girls everywhere, so that would made us like, wow, let's look at the girls. You know, I, I, they made I would it say, sexy. Oh yeah, we well, you had um this um channel we used to have called Jukebox. Remember the Jukebox? Yeah, I remember that. Yo, yo, he had to be the most played song ever in his. Maybe, maybe R. Kelly topped it with that download stuff. But yeah. when, when Pop That Coochie came out, it was like yo, every two <laughs> seconds that was the next video. You know, everybody wanted to see that video uh, with the girls in the bikinis at the pool party. That's and it, cause you went over there and they and they win nothing. So you know. But the yeah. raps was corny. Cool. <laughs> the raps was corny, cool, but the 
They were soft porn. What do you call that? Soft porn. Soft porn. Yeah. Soft porn. Yeah. 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 Very important. Sing the song. Oh, the ooh, what the what the. Oh, what's the name of the they song? They have me so horny, pop that coochie. Yeah. Me so horny, that's me so horny. Me so horny, there oh, we go. So yeah, horny. me so horny. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love Another your classic, really. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, uh, but it was but playing they're very playing. important. How many so. spins did they get? Luke and them is very important because of their content being so sexual. The government sued them. And they mm-hmm. went to court and won for First Amendment. They could say what they want to say. They could put out the art they want to put out. What that did was created the parental guidance label that they put on the album to this day. So to this mm-hmm. day, you got to have a parental advisory on the album because of Luke. You know, that was the concession the government gave. Okay, we'll let this, this type of music come out, but they're going to have to put this label on it. So that that was the concession. So they did they definitely have a place in hip hop history simply because not only their great videos, but they they actually was a victory for hip hop. That was a big win for what you see today for these rappers today to say what they want to say for um uh these young lady rappers to rap about their their private parts. They wouldn't have been able to do that if Luke didn't win that case. For him rapping about their private parts, you know what I'm saying. So, um, a lot of respect to Luke. Um, but um, like I was saying, the, it went down south. Yeah, Luke you had the Ghetto Boys. The Ghetto Boys were more traditional hip hop sounding than Luke. Luke was kind of party music, you know what I'm saying. Uh, and but that was the introduction of the South to the to the rest of the country. Oh, uh, you got anything to say, bro? I think I think that's called bass music. They they like the South call it bass. Like bass, that was, that was, yeah. they, they 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 trap music before trap music and bass music or something yeah. like that. And that's what they they was rhyming over real simple. You know that's what we call corny back then. Like, man, what what are you listening to this thing hip hop? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of it was pretty corny. Yeah, like I said, looking on was the video. You know, I didn't find the ghetto boys to be corny. But I did find Luke to be corny, y'all. Nah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Get away. It's dope. Um, and and um, so now you have hip-hop. is spread from New York. It's in L.A. It's down south, you know, and, and, and we're into the early 90s. This is um, after the 80s. Um, the L.A. explosion, it totally wiped out what was conscious hip-hop, right? So now if you were in New York and you wanted to put out an album, they're like, yo, them dudes over there selling twice as many records, saying this type of stuff. We don't want to hear that positive stuff anymore. We want to hear people rap like they rap. So the content of what the rappers rapped about changed um, somewhat. And that brings you into the early 90s ever of uh, 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 you had Buckshot Shorty from New York. Um, you had Nas. Then you had um, Biggie. And follow up by him was Jay-Z. All four of them coming with that um, they're going to rap 
more gangster. They, 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 the stuff they rap about is more in line with what the West Coast rappers rap about, but it had a slight tinge of consciousness still in it. It's still like they're not all the way saying, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, do shoot this. I'm just going to shoot somebody. <laughs> it, it was some consciousness to their decision-making. What you said, bro? I said, yeah, they're not just going to say I'm going to shoot the whole block up or something like that. To me, to me, to me, when they came on the scene, I saw a uh, uh, swagger with there because, like Biggie Big, he talked about going to the club and getting having a baby by the woman. I mean, it was a different swagger. Jay Z had a different swagger about him, where the West Coast was gangster, gangster, gangster. That to me, it was a different swagger, a different feel. But you got to also, with all due respect, man, you know, Big also mm-hmm. had that flip side. That, that that smooth side was Puffy. That was Puffy trying, like, come on, Big, we got to get this, you know, get get the girls to love you so we can get these sales. But Biggie, okay. he had these, you know, very hardcore hip-hop, like what, what we would somebody consider gangster rap, but we called it mm-hmm. hardcore rap. This is, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. hardcore rap. And that, that, that's what Biggie was. That's what Nas, you know, Jay-Z not so much, but he did it real smooth. You know, he was yeah. hardcore on yeah. ice. If anything, that's why he's ice. Right, yeah. You know? Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Biggie was a was a... A real before he became bad boy, he was rapping gangster stuff. And um, mm-hmm. I watched the interview where he was a fan of big fan of gangster rap. Uh, growing up, um, he um, like Rashawn just said, Puffy. And this, I mean, say what you want about Puff, he's somewhat of a genius at times, and he understood how to sell records. He came out of Uptown Records, which isn't hip-hop, but they, they did have Heavy D, who was a hip-hop star there, and a legend on Heavy D. One of the biggest um, stars, too. Pick up the Heavy D. Yeah, the at that time, he was really, really a big star. And um, he understood Heavy D would make songs for the ladies. See, Heavy D understood, you know, hey, man, being fat, isn't going to be my clutch. You make the song the overweight mm-hmm. lovers in the house, the house, the mm-hmm. overweight lovers in the house. So he, Puffy understood, yo, big, to sell records, we got to sell this to ladies. The stuff you rapping and about, looking the way you look, it isn't going to work unless we could put you into this. So mm-hmm. I think what Puffy did that was genius was he put started having the shoes that brother LL Cool J crafted. <laughs> That you hate so much, huh? I said, yeah, yeah. Puffy put well, him I mean, in the shoes that LL Cool J created that you hate so much. Yeah, That's because LL well, was the first how, one who created the, the hip hop love song. There wouldn't be no hip hop love song until LL. Did. Everybody's still following LL's blueprint to this day. It's still the same blueprint. You know what I'm saying? Because he was still, the first to do the, the love song. Still, and and to think about the ladies, basically, to say, you know what, this is a whole demographic, and this is a whole stream of money. You, you get the ladies, they're exactly. going to buy because niggas ain't going to buy your albums. The ladies buy your exactly. albums. Niggas going to buy Yeah, that's what Tupac said that before. Or, he said, yo, I, I buy for the ladies. 
I write my songs for the ladies because dudes is just going to ask for a copy from their friend. You know what I'm saying? Oh, let me dub that. You know what I'm the lady going to go buy your album. She's going to buy your jacket. She's going to buy your poster. You know what I mean? Um, but, um, yeah, um, Puffy was smart for softening him up a little, you know. Man, take off those um that black hoodie, man. Put on this colorful Kooji sweater. You know what I'm saying? You know, look like something else. You know what I'm saying? And you can rap yeah. that stuff, but we're gonna wrap it over these beats that are not gangster. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, we gotta, look. I got a cool in the game beat here. Let's let's just wrap it over this. I gotta, you know, like so. I think that was pretty much a blueprint that a lot of people follow to this day. Um, yeah. To sell and I remember everybody oh, was Biggie. wearing the Coogee clothes. Cause, oh, yeah. Because yeah. Uh, Biggie was wearing in the, in shades, the glass. The Versace in shades. The glass. Yeah, yeah, the Versace, the Versace shades. Versace, yeah. Everybody was buying them. Yeah. I had the fake Coogee. I had the fake shades. I had it all going <laughs> on, guys. Safe on the spot on 28th Street. You know what I'm saying? It's a real time. Oh, look at the same. Yeah. It's the same, yeah. As long as nobody didn't lift up your tag and see the old tag cut off, yeah, you was good, man. You know what I'm saying? What well, well, um, well, Big said? <laughs> you would check oh, the alligator? Yeah. I see you later. I, I, I so forget. I'm going to that up. Alligator. Yeah. <laughs> Latigua. You want to see the Latigua? inside? I see you later. Yeah, yeah, you can't see the insides, man. Um, so we had the we had the early nineties. Uh, the West Coast was dominating, and now comes a crop of East Coast MCs who's gonna rap a little bit more gangster, and that's where we at. And these guys actually sell a lot of records, right? Um, uh, in particular, uh, Biggie, who goes I think double or triple platinum his first album. And then um, you had uh, Wu-Tang come out around that same time. And they're, they're the opposite of what Puffy and Biggie are doing. They're not making, um, be making R&B songs into gangster rap songs like Biggie and Puffy are doing. They're, they're more like the opposite of that. They're looking at what they're doing like, man, that ain't hip-hop. And that's soft. You know what I'm saying? And that was a big um, push in New York. It was. Wu, uh, Raekwon the Chef, in 95, he dropped the album that totally wiped out Biggie's album that came out the year before that, you know what I'm saying, in 96, Nas dropped the album, it was written, and then 97, right before Biggie dies, or right after he dies, he drops the double album, which was like an all-time classic, which is why he's so highly revered, because he died on top, when he dropped that album, that was probably the you know, he, he topped everybody else with that one. It was that dope, you know, two albums at one time on top of that. So that was like what made him the, I think, um, to this day, a lot of people say he's the greatest because of that. He's the only one who went out on top. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you saw everyone else fall off, but big. What you think, Rashawn? Yeah, you, you what want about Tupac? Shooter. What about Tupac? Now, Tupac oh, was a bit different. Tupac came out uh, probably around 92, and um, he came out, well, before that, he was with Digital Underground, who was uh, another group I, I skipped over. They were from the West Coast, but they were from 
the Oakland area. They weren't from the the L.A. area. And they, they had a bunch of great rappers come out from that area, from E-40 to Too Short, a lot of legendary groups. But in particular, he was with the Digital Underground, who's best known for their song Humpty Hump. The Humpty Dance is your chance to do the hump, you know. So Pac came out with them. Pac was a conscious rapper. He didn't rap no gangster stuff. Since he came out looking like he was fresh out of Africa with, with some um, people carrying him on a throne. Um, remember that song, yeah, bro? Yeah. yeah. Right? So, so um, Pac was that. Um, then he came out with his solo project, and they were very conscious. He was talking what was happening in the streets, what was happening in the hood. Uh, but he wasn't a gangster or nothing in none of these songs. It wasn't until he came to um to New York to Hold on, and mind you, I'm gonna just interrupt Tom is just real quick in the in the beginning he also uh claimed Melly Mel as one of his inspirations for his albums. He said the message this is what he's going for when he first was coming out. You know, that's why he was talking the way okay. he was talking. Because he's remembering Melly Mel and a message. And he's saying, this is what we got to do. This is this is how I got to bring and, pre- and, and speak to my people. Like, these are his words. Here. So, But, you know, he read from off of that mm-hmm. path. But, you know. And he yeah, was, yeah. to me, yeah. more like a, a poet to me with with music. You know, to me, true, his true. rap yeah. was more poetry. He wasn't yeah, just he rapping. Was more, he wasn't um, his, his, his lyrics. He had a lot of just, Yeah. He's like preaching. Not just cadence, but thought. He, he he put thought. He 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 really had something to say. He was using his words to say something. He wasn't just rhyming mm-hmm. just to make the two bars rhyme. You know what I mean? He was actually right. creating mm-hmm. true poetic stanzas. You know, and, yeah. and 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 then when you listen to his his verses, like you you listen to that first verse, you're like, man, you heard what he said? Like it was a paragraph. Yeah. He, he he it was yeah. a, it was, a, it was he created yeah. art. He he told a beautiful story he did so much yeah when he when when, when he was the good park and then there's the dark side park you know yeah it's another now around the time he shot the movie juice and um in this movie he has to that, play that, that, a um a drug dealer or not a drug dealer a, a street kid who um once he gets a gun you know, now you can't tell him nothing. He's walking around like, yo, anybody say anything to me, I'm shooting him. You know what I'm saying? He was that was the role he played. And he became that person in real life. You know what I'm saying? Well, maybe was he like, was that person it, already. No, man, he this dude went to <laughs> this dude went to um, gifted and talented schools, acting school, like he wasn't in the hood, he wasn't from the street. This guy was a a, a talented guy. He, you know, I mean, he but the acting school was in Baltimore, though. Right? It, it wasn't was Baltimore. Baltimore. That's true. But he don't tell mm-hmm. no stories about Baltimore, man. Uh, but either way, I give Pac his props because he did shoot those cops. So I give him that, man. He wasn't no <laughs> punk. You know what I'm saying? But his the person he was, like when you watch his interviews before Juice, and watch his interviews after you. He lost his humbleness. That's where he changed. You know, yeah. he changed. Yeah, he was a humble, uh, want to change the world type brother. And then after Juice, he was that character that don't give a, I'll shoot anybody. I don't give a, 
You know what I'm saying? And that because that first you, that first that first hip uh, Tupac you saw, that was uh, because of his br- br- how they brought him up. You know, his mama and them how coming so out of digital he, underground. Yeah. Oh, oh, you, so mean, he, you mean coming out of um. No, his mom's probably coming out of Black Panther party. Back, back, yeah, stuff. yeah. So he he had that discipline, but that how he yeah. became mm-hmm. later was what he always wanted. He just couldn't let it out yeah. because he had to be under that discipline. Once he and when was he able did let to it let out, it out, he, 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 he let didn't it control out. it. He, yeah, he, that yeah. he was supposed to keep it in control. He thought he had it under control, and yes, yeah. One of the most important things about Tupac and Biggie is Tupac, you might have only seen him for four years, Biggie three, and they was gone. Biggie dropped the album in 94, he was dead in 97. Pop dropped in 92, he was gone in 96. You know what I'm saying? So their time here was short. You know, uh, they had such an impact on us. We still talking about them. 30 years later, you know what I'm saying? And, but that's just how impactful they were. Uh, but their careers was real short. Tupac died at 25, Biggie died at 24. Mm-hmm. You know, they were babies. You know, looking at yeah. looking at myself today, like, damn, that's about the age of my kids now, you know. I, I was devastated, you know what I'm saying? So um, just, just uh, keep that in mind. These were young kids. Uh, and from there, uh, you know, hip hop kind of um, with, and I really mean, Bashan was talking about this before. Uh, what Biggie and Puffy ushered in was this um very materialistic way of rapping. You know, it, it, so instead of talking about how dope they are as a rapper, that's what rappers used to rap about how dope they were. They, what they decided to do was how much of this expensive stuff we got, you can rap about. <laughs> right, right. And, and that became, you know, Versace this and Gucci that and, you know. And also add how much expensive stuff I was able to buy from all the drugs I sold to my own people. Yeah, so, and that's, that's how, being that we don't have games, but we didn't at the time, we do now. But we didn't have gangs in New York at the time. How they came about making gangster rap was to rap about drug dealing. So everybody's a kingpin now. You know what I'm saying? And that 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 was what um, one of the big things. So this was the New York version of gangster rap was the drug dealer rap. You know what I'm saying? And there was a few people who it was just I shoot people rap like a, a DMX or a Prodigy, but the the drug dealing, everybody's a kingpin, moving kilos out of state on the highway. Everybody's alpha. Okay, everybody's um trying to be um supreme. You know, instead of being themselves, now they're all trying to be these um legendary New York rap um drug dealers. You know, because that's because our now we got a whole new path to freedom. I didn't hear what you said. I said because now we got a whole new path towards freedom. You know, we, we yeah we, the drug the drug game right. That's a the whole new path to freedom. 
Exactly, exactly. You could become rich overnight. And um, I say um, Biggie and um, Puffy, they ushered it in. Uh, to me, no one did it better than Jay-Z. I always say Jay-Z sent more people to jail than anybody I know, man, because trying <laughs> to keep up with the stuff he was rapping about, you know what I'm saying? You you got to go sell some kilos, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to go get that because he got that. And, and people really went out there on these missions to get this stuff he's rapping about, you know, at all costs. At, regardless of the cost of their freedom, their life, you know what I'm saying? And um, that that's how iconic he became, you know, because after Biggie died, he kind of became, that was Biggie's friend. That was his best friend, you know, that was his, his bulldog, you know, so he kind of took that spot. And um, he was way worse than Biggie when it came down to rap, having no conscience. Like, it, it was, you know, as you played the song, you know, like, um, you played some Tom Dad where he talked about selling crack to his mother, you know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, shooting his own brother over a bracelet or something, like, that was his mentality, and that's the mentality of people who were his fans. They took on that thing, like, I'm going to get rich. I'm going to do whatever, because he did whatever to get rich. But but what, what was this in the 90s, right? Mid-90s now. Okay. Now what no, I'm no, 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 not mid-90s. Jay-Z? Late 90s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, got almost two thousand even. Well, reasonable doubt came out in ninety six. Ninety six, um, yeah. Volume one came out in ninety seven. In ninety eight, dropped the five million. The album that sold five million, but with the hard knock life on it. He came out with an album every year, right? So, okay. you know, by the time two thousand hit, he was already four or five albums in the game. Yeah. So he was in the nineties. But I think he was doing what uh Ice Cube and them was doing because what he were talking about, you know, they were was doing that in the seventies and eighties here and probably in Baltimore and other these people was being millionaires off them drugs. These you know, here we had the uh young boys, the children was selling the drugs and here yeah. you got the children making more money than the parents. They were they were I mean, buying their parents well. homes and yeah, so at I New think York in the, just, in the early eighties. Yes. Absolutely. It was like that here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think he was or just, even 90s. you know. Yeah. yeah. Mhm. Uh, that's what it was about. It was all that is, drug money. Mhm. The difference is these kids these dudes didn't rap about it from observing it, they are the drug dealers in their songs. They not, you know what I'm saying? They, they, they never sold no their uh, kilos of cocaine, but in a song, they, they El Chapo, you know what I'm saying? They, they're, they're not um, observing the, the, uh, the business. Like, you got a rapper who rapped about drugs prior, right? Like, um, KRS-One got a song called Love's Gonna Get You. Where he raps uh, about been on my mind, it's whole town too. Yeah. Where he raps about um getting involved in selling drugs because he gives a story of him and his brother. They broke. They live in the projects. They poor. This guy offers them some quick money just to make a quick delivery. They do it. 
You know what I'm saying? Next thing you know, they got to wear the same three pair pants. Yeah, they got new pants. They got steak and rice and set of beans and rice. You know, they 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 got a big television and leather sofa. That's now what they, were doing they can't here. stop because yeah. they trying to keep yeah. up. So it was telling the story of what's going on, but they wasn't yeah. at the end. His brother gets shot. He gets killed by the police. So it's not a good story. So they're giving you the right. story, but it's from a conscious perspective, right? Because this is a bad, this isn't going to end good for you. Even yeah, let's be specific. You're talking about KRS-One song right now. Yeah, love's going to get you. Even on Coogee yeah. Rap, right, who's known as the godfather of the drug dealer rap in New York. His song, uh, uh, damn, Road uh, to the Riches. He raps about being a kid, working at the supermarket, sweeping the floor. He's watching all these dudes get money. Next thing you know, he's outside getting money. Next thing you know, he got beef with the dude on the next corner. You know, now he's supplying everybody. You know, got him a Maserati like John Gotti. He, you know, and then all of a sudden, he he has to turn his life around because he don't want to go to jail. You know what I'm saying? So that, it was always the story, but it had a spin on it that, was negative mm-hmm. at the end. Not that even a spin. Book. It showed you the reality that there's a downside exactly. to the upside, yeah. but there's a downside to it. Rakim got no the ledge. You know what I mean? No the ledge, exactly. exactly. Yeah, when he tells the story, I, I wish I could remember it, but, you know, go into the story, and at the end, yeah. it's like, yo, yeah, he got shot. I got wet up, yo. I'm, I'm, I wanted to go chill with the shorty at the, in the project, but the up. niggas across the street was taking on me. So. Me yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. I guess I so, didn't know so that. The, the Biggie, Jay-Z ever, they got out of that part of, it's not a good thing. This isn't a good idea for making it like mm-hmm. y'all should do this to get rich. Because look at my Lexus. They not telling you, yo, I got the Lexus because I just signed this rap deal. You know what I'm saying? You know, in these songs, you thinking they got it on the street selling cocaine. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, a lot of people took penitentiary chances to keep up with these dudes at that era. That's how I know that the words that we say in these songs have a lot of power because I've seen it. Yeah. You know, I saw yeah. it with my own eyes, like the, the, how things just change. Um, and you add so, the beat to it, too, the, the, the vibration. Yeah, the you music, add that beat. The, beat, the frequency, yes. Yeah, but then not powerful. to mention, yeah. just, it, it, and all of that is being dumped on basically are empty people. Like our, our minds is already empty. So we're looking for something, right? The education system is failing us. The, the religion system is failing us. But all we got is this music that's filling the kids up. The parents is failing. So all we got is the music. And now that's even the only, corrupt. The only successful people the kids see is these artists and these athletes, you know? So they, exactly. they aspire to be like them. Um, so pushing ahead, we get to the late 80s without seeing a lot where, yeah. where uh-huh mm-hmm. where everybody's these drug dealer rappers and they're getting rich and then comes around 2000 dying and uh, uh in the 2000s you have a lot of different stuff going on all around the, the south is, is booming right now they got all kinds of artists coming out uh, Outcast is already out, and they've already about two, three albums in. They're a superstar group, you know, known everywhere. 
respected everywhere for their for their bombing. Um, you got um the dungeon family, the whole dungeon family. You got uh, yo, Cino and all the rest of them too. Cool breeze, all yeah. of that stuff. They was they was they had a good one. Um, and then down south, you also still had the the loop type rap. You had the '69 boys, '95 South, and all that stuff that was poop it is and all that stuff was popping too. It was like you know, it was a, it was you got both sides from down there. It was really you know dope how they was doing it down south. The New York was was popping in the, in the late '90s, early 2000s. All these rappers was coming out competing with each other. Um, at this time, you got uh uh Wan's out now and Fabulous is out and um Jada Kiss and the Rocks is out. You got a whole lot of different groups out. The West Coast is starting to kind of fall off at this point. You know, they 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 don't have any new people coming out. Um and you have a rapper in New York who has a record deal. Um and a lot of people don't like him though. Cause he comes out with a song called How to Rob. And in his song, he's robbing all the rappers. So now the rappers, they all like, yo, when I see this dude, I'm going to beat him up, all this stuff. But homie really is a, a thug. He, he ain't like a lot of these rappers. He ain't one of them just a rapper dude. You know, so when they see him, they ain't going to do nothing. You know, and this is a man by the name of 50 Cent. He was talking about this earlier. 50 Cent, because he's disliked by all these different rappers in New York, because he put that song out, they decided to blackball him. So they decided, mm. yo, no one's going to sign him. No one's going to give him a deal. You know what I'm saying? And uh, at the time, he gets into some street beats. He gets shot. He comes back out, and he starts making these mixtapes. Being that nobody's going to sign him, he puts these mixtapes out. And these mixtapes are like albums. Because what he'll do is he'll take Whatever songs is popular on the radio, he'll take that that song and structure his song just like it. But his is funny, you know what I'm saying? And you know, and he becomes the first artist I ever saw able to go on a tour or for mixtapes. No, no album out, just mixtapes. You know what I'm saying? Um, what he ends up doing is going out west because no one will sign him on the East Coast. He goes out west and hooks up with Dr. Dre. Eminem, Jimmy Irene, and he drops an album, which is probably the highest selling rap album in New York history, uh, Get Rich or Die Trying. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, he took over the streets with this. The clubs, he yeah. was everywhere. Yeah. In the club, yeah. um, you know, he brought out a rapper from the, the South with him, which was unique because usually that doesn't happen. Uh, so, 50 really changed the game, but the title of his first album is Get Rich or Die Trying. So that tells you the mindset of people at that time. They was willing to get rich or die trying. Exactly. More so people no died more, than got rich. Yeah. A lot more people died than got rich, bro. Uh, the drug game at this point is over. You know, it ain't no more um, kingpin being crowned out there no more. It, that stuff is a done deal. The cops have caught on. They got all kinds of task force. They done made the mm-hmm. You know, so at this time, it, do whatever to get rich. You know what I'm saying? Rob, Phil, and that was 50. 50 came out, 
just hustling, you know, uh, hustler's ambition, you know, it came out with a movie that, you know, it, it was just, it was a big, I haven't seen anything that big uh, ever in music history. Like, that was, that was big. That was Michael Jackson big when he dropped. Like, he was, <laughs> yeah. he was everywhere. You know what I'm saying, huh? I said, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, it was it was huge how he just went from this dude who was on mixtapes to you know, he's the the headliner everywhere. I went to the um summer jam and he came out and it was it was crazy because he was the he wasn't the headliner. Uh, R. Kelly was the headliner and he said, "I ain't coming out last. If I don't come out last, I ain't coming out." So him and R. Kelly had a stalemate. So we in there like for a whole hour. Neither one of them won't come out because they both want to end the show. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, R. Kelly came out first and then 50 came out. He made sure he got his way. And it, the crowd, we all stayed for that. Like it was, that was, it was hot. It was, you know what I'm saying? And the energy he brought at the time, uh, it wasn't just standing in one place rapping. He was all over the stage, jumping into the crowd. It was a different energy, you know what I'm saying? And um, to me, that was the end of New York hip-hop right there, the 50 drop. Um, we haven't had anything since. Because um, I was telling Rashawn earlier, my theory on it is because he came out through the West Coast. He didn't come out through the East Coast machine. You got an East Coast machine that pushes music a certain way. They got... DJs and stuff that they spin it to and that's how they sell their records and you got a West Coast machine. Once they put this East Coast rapper through the West Coast machine, he sold more than any West Coast or East Coast rapper ever. I mean, he was super huge. You know, uh, only uh, and at that time, you also had Nelly, who was big too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wasn't a big fan of Nelly, but he was diamond. He was selling diamond records. He was selling 10 million. I was like, how? But People loved it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was kind and of the women, the women loved him. The women loved him. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you, man, some of his songs, it's getting high in here. I mean, that's my joint. Yeah. His songs is hot. I mean, you know, that one in that under the under the mommy, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was like, oh, this, that's hot. It's not lyrical, mm-hmm. but the beat and, and his flow to it and the hook, it's a dope song. You know, I can't knock it. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, but. Uh, once the 50 came out through the West Coast machine and outdid everybody ever in the East Coast, it was the end of the East Coast, man. It was the end of these labels over here. It, they all started crashing one by one. Rockefeller gone. Bad Boy, they selling, they, he stopped selling records. He started selling sunglasses and cologne and shit. You know, um, Death Jam is going through a transition period where it's being bought by a bigger entity. Um, universal and about to become what it is today, which is universal. Um, but the whole coast collapsed. And I, I can't think of a, since 2003, a New York artist that dropped that had any impact besides Takashi 6 9 And that was the wrong type of impact. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like that's that's it. You know, it's been dead since. Um, thank God for Buffalo. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Albany, you know, Rochester, they actually got rappers now. You know, New York is trash. The West Coast is collapsed. Who's a West Coast rapper other than Kendrick Lamar that you can name? You had the game. Game is dope. He had a great one. And he's part of that whole 50 Cent story. But who who from over there is dropped? Nobody. I mean, like, the, the whole thing now is South. The South is totally uh, uh, taken over. Hold on. I just want to tell the people we got nine minutes left, and if we go over, you can call 323-642-1586, and you can listen to the rest of the show. Go ahead. Absolutely. If you got anyone in the queue, you can let them in. I know that they're, they're a lot older. They well, don't there like was some ones in the, it was someone in the queue. Oh, here they, wait a minute. Here it go. Let's see. Okay. Area code two one five. Better love, sister Beth. Better love, family. Better love. What's up, John? Peace, brother. Philadelphia. Peace. Um, so I wanna, you know, I I, I came in late, but I gotta get my skill. So mm-hmm. I started high school September two thousand one, right? So I feel everything you're saying, right? One of the reasons why New York rap died is because. They didn't want to let Philly on board. That's another reason why the East Coast died. Um, you remember the rock? You, like you next to New York and all that. Let me just say this to you, bro. Next to New York, okay. Philly, in my opinion, got the best rap. Hands down. Outside of New York, they did a. And only if Philly Dude, was a barrel. If Philly was a barrel, it might be the best. Next to Jersey. Barrel. Jersey's close, but Philly, I mean, they got Schooly D. They got Cool C. Black Thought. Uh, Black Thought. They got B. They got uh, Cassidy. I still listen to Cassidy. Yeah. The whole state front. The whole state front. I had. Right. Go ahead, bro. I'm I mean, sorry. and then we, got the, then we got the underground rappers now. That's, that's you know, they up and coming. They, they on the scene. You got Leaf Ward right now. You got... Um, some rapper named Core, you got, you know, Meek Mills. Like, for a minute there, Philly did have battle rap. You remember all those DVDs, like, you know, Philly used to come to New York, York, battle people. Like, mm-hmm. if we would have came together, the East Coast wouldn't have died like that, in my opinion. I agree with you. I thought there was always, always a lot of animosity. Like but can well, I jump in real quick? On the street. I never saw anyone diss Philly rappers, but I will say that the DJs on the radio, they they might have had an agenda not to play a lot of Philly stuff, but on the street, Philly always popped in New York. Man, I, don't, I can't think of a time right. in it. That, it. You want to know? All right, so here's the... And I like so the kid y'all got, R.J. Payne. He's out now, R.J. Payne. Right. Yeah. Um, if you remember, remember when Beans was beefing with, well, remember when State Property was kind of beefing with the lot? Once Beans and, and Charles P and them, once they got their little beef, huh? I said Beans said he was going to I said Beans said he was going to sun kiss like a soda. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. It was over. 
That's 50 <laughs> bars. It was over. It was a done deal. But but if we get back to, like, the foundation, now, Sister Beth, Motown had it for a long time, right? But mm-hmm. if we go back, Philadelphia International kind of started the sound, the tune, right? Mm-hmm. Now we go fast style. forward, and then it went to Motown. Right, and then mm-hmm. it went to Motown, right? And then Motown had it for a minute, right? So yeah. when we get into the when we get into the hip-hop era, right? And everybody can Google this. The first gangster rapper, the first rapper that curse on a track, the first gangster track, it wasn't Ice-T. It wasn't N.W.A. It was... Uh, um, 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 School E.D. Yeah. Right. T.S.K. is you know what I mean? We will say, what the hell does that mean? Yeah. Parkside Killers. Right. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's like... Also, with conscious rap, I don't know if y'all listen to conscious rap now, but it's a group about called Coast Contra. Y'all familiar with them? Yeah, yeah, we know about them. Oh, that's right. They from Philly, too. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the dude be watching on the song with the little short. Yeah, yeah. They, they stifled yeah. me off the chain. They bring in true Right, that's what I'm saying. They really spit. Right. So, if... New York and Philly would have came together and there wouldn't have been that beef. I think the DJs had that beef because Beans, like, he, it, Beans kills, kills, like, he killed me, like, he, he, he killed them. You know what I mean? And then well, on I will top say, of that, if you remember. Beans, Beans never got property. punished for that because Beans was on with Jay. And Jay ran the radio. Whatever Jay said, it went. Right. So Beans never had any problems right. getting played. But they didn't play any other Philly artists, though. But Beans himself, he never had a problem because he was Rockefeller. They, whatever they put out, he right. was on the radio all day, dropping bombs on it, you know, flex. I mean, that, but that, then you got to realize no how, how much of Rockefeller was, was from Philly. Like, damn, man, most of the roster, they most had a whole state prop. Was everybody, everybody. Property. It was only Jay-Z and state property. Mm-hmm. Because Jay Z no, never, Jay Z never put nobody on from New York. He never put New York nope. artists on. Like he put Beans out. I mean, um, um, Bleak out, but he never put nobody out that could be better than him from New York. He wanted to be the king. You know what I'm saying? So he purposely right. went outside of New York to find talent. Right now, if you think about it, everybody, everybody knows Jay Z stole Chris Flow. It's like he used young Chris Flo. He yeah. used a, He used a, Okay, a, I didn't know which in, Chris in you were talking about. Are you talking about the other Chris? Yeah, uh, young Chris from uh, from uh, St. Okay, Prime. I was thinking Biggie. You know, I thought was you were going Christopher Wallace. No, he, 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 he did no, that on no, no. the album called The Dynasty. He flipped his flow to that young Chris flow. Yeah, for sure. Right. Sure. Right. So, you know, then we gonna switch it to the Gilly thing. Little Wayne stole Gilly Hole flow, his whole process. And you know, remember when uh, Gilly came out and said, "Yeah, you know, Birdman, basically they just they stole everything." You know what I mean? And they ain't give him his just due. Um, I think, like I said, if New York and Philly would have came together. We wouldn't have 
the Dallas Hawks. I feel you on that, though. Stay, I, I appreciate you saying that too. That's that's dope. Right, it's the Dallas Hawks would stay where it's supposed to be. It was supposed to be party. It was it was the snap when I graduated high school. That that uh that snap was out. Young Jock and all that was out. My my uh, senior year. And it just took off from there. It was like, just, just just like you said, it was 50. And then after that, it's like East Coast just stopped. And then you got Young Jock, and it was it just came out of nowhere. Um, I credit I credit Fat Joe for killing dancing. Fat Joe killed <laughs> dancing on the East Coast. When they came out with Lean Back, after Lean Back, wasn't nobody <laughs> dancing like that no more. Well, well, even he, before that, really, he, he was already that. on his way out. Now, now these young right. kids today, the drill rappers, they did. So I'll give them that. They be dancing. It. They be doing their little birdie dancing. They do They dance and stuff. So they can't rap, though, but they dance. Right, right. So it's like it, the consciousness left once the East Coast was booted out of everything. If y'all think about it, like back in the day, well, back before social media came out to where it is now, um, I'm not going to say people from Dallas South wasn't up on game, but now that they got into the limelight, it's like they wanted to show who they was. They want to show their hood. They want to show they be on the block. They want to show they getting birds off, even though they, they already did that, but it's like they let the ignorant ones of them in. You know, it it was – it was party. It was still good music at first. Then now you coming in with the ignorant ones. Uh, it's uh, just drug uh, culture. It's yeah, that's another one. Drug culture. Uh, right. They brought the drug. They brought the drug culture and the murder culture. Like even though everybody always talked about murder and this, that, and the third. Y'all, if y'all really think about it, once Lil Wayne hit the scene, Lil Wayne is the one. Everybody really is Lil Wayne's out here for real, for real nowadays. With all this, yeah. oh, if I can't get you, I'm going to kill your grandma. Can't get your grandma, I'm going to go kill your aunt. I'm going to kill your grandpa. Like, he started the psychopath stuff, in my opinion, looking back on it. Yeah, I, uh, I, I saw I saw Lil Wayne um, at the hip-hop concert, and he was actually a good performer. He sounds just like he sounds on his album. I give him that a lot of energy. I give Wayne his props because Wayne put out songs that ain't about nothing, <laughs> but it's all metaphors. The whole the whole bar is like, God, yeah, everything is a metaphor, but the, he ain't rap about nothing. The whole song it was like just the the but the rhymes is dope. You can't give him nothing but that. Yeah, he killed that shit, but in in the fact but that he on. Something? Go ahead, bro. You know, I'm, I'm forward. T, go ahead. I'm gonna cut you off. No, I was going to say the fact that he's from New Orleans, he's able to flip the way he could pronounce words that make them rhyme with other words that, you know what I'm saying, other places don't. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. And I also think, I don't know, something in me, and my spirit told me he, they did voodoo to get where they was at. And I think they put voodoo on the track. Okay, okay, wait, wait. So, 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 let me let me just jump in before you go deeper. That's why I, I wanted to interject with what I wanted to say, which is the element that's missing. What we 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 forget a particular element of hip hop, which is the spiritual aspect, the consciousness 
slash spirituality, which for us came from the 5% nation and the nation of Islam. The teachings of those two right. schools is also what carried us through hip-hop. That's what kept us strong. That's what kept us, you know what I mean, keep us uh, 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 showing improvement and, and, and staying on the right mindset, staying on the right path, coming from, you know, schools of Malcolm and Martin and and, and um, Garvey, you know what I mean? We, we, we stepping in this hip-hop with a cause and a purpose and a reason. And we see who our enemy is, and we and what we doing over here ain't got nothing to do with our enemy. Because actually, they even said fuck hip hop. They said, "What is that shit? We don't know when to." All right, cool. Y'all want to be down with us? Fuck y'all too. We don't need y'all. You know what I mean? That's what we. That's that's what hip hop was in the beginning. We don't need y'all money. We don't need your cameras. We don't need none of that. We doing what we doing in our hood, and this is how we enjoying ourselves doing what we doing. But you know, but anyway, yeah. Well, I was saying was the uh, so so. What did we lose? Why why we lost? We got the drug culture got lost, and cats forgot about the the lessons. You know what I mean? We we not we not studying our lessons, so therefore, you know, the gods is not gods anymore. We went from gods to drug dealers. I don't know. You know, but so so even though like. And this ain't a shot to no down soft rappers because I I like some of them too. We ain't you know we ain't putting it down, but a lot of them, once again, brother Tut, like we was talking before, New York, New Jersey, Baltimore, D.C., Philly, we have conscious people around us all day long. You got the Hebrew Israelites on the corner. You got mass jizz everywhere. You got uh, uh, people that's in the different spiritual practices. You got people from black people from other countries. You got the Jamaican guy that might live up the street, and then the Obia, we clowning them, oh, y'all voodoo, and then they really tell us how it is. And we like, oh, well, maybe that's not like that. You know what I mean? They didn't have that. that, that they had strictly Christianity, strict Christianity. Like, and they don't, they, they, the consciousness wasn't where it was supposed to be, like how, ours was. Now we got social media and all that. Now their consciousness is coming in too. But Chicago, Detroit, Philly, all the all the all the places I named, they was conscious. Sister Bell, y'all had slum village. Like slum villages are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we had different yeah. lanes. Like we had different lanes. It ain't no more different lanes. Everybody wanna drill rap. If you don't want to drill rap then you wanna do this emo emo drill rap in my how how I look at it. There's no other conscious lanes. That's why I like Coast Country and, and uh, Kendrick, because and, it's not enough lanes. Like, growing up, my favorite rap group still to this day is A Tribe Called Crest. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Fight will always, Fight Dog will always be my favorite rapper. And I'm 35. People will be like, oh, how do you... Microphone check, one, two, like, what is this? <laughs> oh, oh, and you know what's crazy? Um, when Fife said, you niggas softer than the Bernstein bears, right? Now, you know how they tried to put us in that butterfly effect? It ain't the Bernstein. It was always Bernstein. Oh, no, yeah. They always thought their name like that. When you listen to that song, Mandela. he said Bernstein. That's what we said. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, Mandela effect. Ain't no Mandela effect. We've been saying Bernstein. Where y'all? Where y'all get the burn stain? I I gotta find an old book. 
Because <laughs> we know we got crazy. I already looked, so all the No, but it was rather the same, but it was it was spelt with an E I. I don't know how they spell it now, but it was an E I. They spell it. They spell it now with an A I, and they say that it's always been that way. And every old book I find, it has A I, and I'm like, I remember it was E I. So exactly, that's, that's why it's E I N. Yeah, that's why it's the Mandela effect. Yeah. Unless you can hear it in a song or see it on an old television show where they, they, they don't have that residue. They call it the... Now we're getting into some other shit. Yeah, but... Um, Back to hip-hop. Yeah, I feel everything... I feel everything the brother's saying, and I, I, he's like 10 years younger than, than I think I am, so I could can, I can relate. Like, I, I can see uh, where you came in, where Young Jock was already... You know what I'm saying? I remember listening to that. Like, what the hell is he doing? A motor- motorcycle dance? Yeah. Tom Cruise doing the dance? <laughs> Tom Cruise doing the dance? That was my like, senior year. Hey, bro. Yeah, that was, so yo, I, I, I remember that. The shift happened so quick. Like, yo, the shift happened so quick. We was just in our state process. But, but wait up. Right? I was saying that for a reason. I was saying that for a reason because who bought out Young Jock? Did Got to remember Buffy? that. Puffy. Was it Puffy? Oh, yeah. yeah, Puffy brought out Young Jock. True, because he went down. True, because that's how we got, um, what's the, the whole in the morning oh, on the let corner? Me, let me just say what's this up? real quick, bro. Uh, the, whole, the whole music industry went down south, right? It used to be in New York. True. We had all the record companies. All of a sudden, one day, they all moved to Atlanta. So with that, all of a sudden, all the artists are coming out of Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? So... That that's really the shift. So look at it now, like um, CNN, all of it. That's Warner Brothers. All of that stuff moved down south. They they came out of the big city, and then they started promoting the um the rappers from down there, and, and you know that that's kind of you know where it went. But do you think? See, I think that was a more diabolical plan because. Like I said, from the from the ages of my mom from North Carolina, so from the ages of zero to nineteen, I was either forced or I wanted to go down south, either one month of the summer, no less than two weeks, my whole life growing up. Back in the day, they used to be a little bit slower, and I think the record execs was like, they too conscious up there. Yeah, they spitting gangster rap, but it's it's turning them into. It's turning them into conscious gangsters. It's it's still teaching, even though it then got ignorant, it, it then got degenerate. Fifty Cent still teaching you how to move. He's teaching you how to. We don't need that. We need them to be whores, sluts. Even though we had that, but we we need the most degenerate. And since they've been held down for so long, and everybody's saying the song's slow, boom, they gonna try to prove themselves. They gonna try to show everybody what what what, what they bought, and we got the ignorance again. And I think that's what that move was to go down there. So now that we got social media, yeah, we got a lot of downtown mm-hmm. rappers that might be conscious now or whatever the case might be, but that's because of social media and that's because so when I went to college, that was that was the black that was the last era of two thousand six, seven, eight, nine, all that that was like the last real big boom of people really wanting to go to black colleges. Um and that's when a lot of people from up north, like I went to Virginia State, so it was a lot of Philly, it was a lot of Jersey, it was a lot of New York. 
all the other colleges down south, it was a lot of that whole drumline movie and all the college hill and all that that made everybody want to go. So boom, that's how they got consciousness as well. That's how they started getting put on uh dress game and, and, and just different stuff that they wasn't privy to, you know, before we start moving around. Once my generation start moving around, that's when things shifted. And when you said you gotta leave you, you gotta leave New York in order to become successful. That's true. Look at the look at the guy. Look at the uh, young boy from um, what's that show? Not Power. Um, Empire. The son from Philly. When they say he a Philly rapper, everybody like who boy? Like we don't know him. Like who? What he rap? Where? When? How? Uh, uh, if you re- if you, you remember, right? If you yeah. remember, it this started. Um, probably around 90, 98 because uh, Mace, Mace from Harlem, he met Puffy right. in Atlanta. He had to go to Atlanta to get on with Puffy. You know, he had to go down there, and that's how Puffy discovered him. It was all the way in Atlanta. He had a dude from New York had to go to Atlanta to get a record deal. From Not just from, from New, New York. York. He's from Harlem, where Puffy's supposed to be Puffy from Mount Vernon, but he claimed Harlem, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, so he had to go all the way down there to get seen by Puff, you know, just to get found. And um, that that's just showing you, like, how he the whole thing. Yeah, he got signed because he went down there to, what was it called? Some, some it's it like this big thing where rappers, young, up-and-coming, talented would go. And they, the, all the execs would be okay. there, and you meet up with them. Jack the Rapper or something like right. that. It was something like that. And uh, he was going down there to meet Jermaine Dupree because he couldn't get on in New York. And then uh, when Jermaine right. Dupree, you know, say, yo, this is my new rapper from New York. Puffy like, where you from? Let me hear you rap. And Puffy took him from him. You know what I'm saying? But what y'all yeah. saying is pretty, so gotta... pretty, pretty significant. Um my bad, but let me just throw this in there because what you dropping is heavy. Like you saying that the record companies left New York and went down south because mm-hmm. basically to sum it up, because New York niggas was getting too conscious and we were trying to do something else with hip hop, but they didn't want that, so they yep. went down south to more gullible niggas. And we can control them a little bit more with the direction that we want to go. Because around right. this time, this, is, grew up Bible this, this is when hip hop you know is getting mean? jiggy. But there's so many niggas in the back that's trying to keep the con. Like we don't want to hear this shit. But we trying well, you know, to bring group, something else. A group from New York that didn't start, sell at all down south is Wu Tang. They didn't sell down yeah. south. You look at they because they, they wasn't they so was too New York. They too hood for too them. conscious. They was they was coming with the gods mm-hmm. and stuff okay. like that. And yep. I don't think is I don't think that's the reason why they didn't sell. They try to say oh they didn't sell because people didn't like it. When I would go to my family reunion at that time and I bought the Wu Tang album, they was like what's that? They never even heard of it. That's a damn they they right. keep me off from hearing this. Right, because that would have woke them up too. Because Wu Tang was waking people up, and the record companies, mm-hmm. who was the first ones to drop them? Hot ninety seven. We not gonna play no more of y'all music uh, on our our station anymore, right? Because Ghostface Wu Tang trying to save the babies. Yeah, they trying to save the kids, and we, you know, we here to save the babies and all that stuff. They don't want that. 
they wanted, you know, so they got, they they started right then when Wu-Tang came out, probably with that, 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 um, you know, the third, fourth album out of the, the out of their whole catalog, you know, separately, plus together, they decided, yo, we got to move this down south. That's when they started ramping up the Biggie verse, the Wu-Tang stuff, right? Because it was, at the time, Bad Boy was everything the opposite of what Wu-Tang stood for. You know what I'm saying? It was party and bullshit and let's play around and let's right. get these girls. That's not what Wu Tang was about. They was about, yo, we're gonna teach these kids, we gonna we gonna you know, we're gonna teach these lessons, we're gonna save the world. The five percent lessons that we've been needing that we always exactly. need. Exactly, right. bro. Right. And how so about I this, y'all? Kind of sort what of. about if what about if they got together and they they only want people that that's Christian. In my opinion, I feel like they picking out who's Christian, and then that's what they going with. I think they're trying to find who's still hook, line, and sinker into Christianity, and that's where they going with. Um, now, now Atlanta is conscious. Now they don't want to deal with them no more. Now they put a message on. Now Memphis, I noticed that, right? Memphis, right. Memphis, now Memphis down to say and do whatever. Ain't right. Saying right. That's where Sexy Red is from. Too. Oh, and, yo, how about um, this? So, mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry. Um, Gilly, Gilly had Gilly had a party, right? Gilly had a birthday party. So you know he had a whole lineup. Sexy Red got booed in Philly. First of all, for him to bring her home was kind of crazy because the age group was kind of crazy. So she came out on social media talking about something, oh, Philly corny. They ain't really know the lyrics to my song. First of all, they don't want uh, the, the age group that you came to, they don't want to hear that for real, for real. Like, then Gilly just lost his son. Nobody want to hear that crazy crap from you and being a whore. And when I seen that, I'm like, Wow. So, and I just said that to tie in with what we're talking about right now about the consciousness. Don't people actually tired of that, y'all? Like people might jam to it in the club yeah. or whatever the case might be. But or it's been home, like that for a long time. Now. Y'all up New York, it, it, it ha- y'all up New York and Jersey and all that. We tired of that. Like we tired of it. Like even if you is going, but the problem it, is we're not in control. Of it though, that's the problem. So we have no control. So we being fed from the videos what they what they want to play, you know. Yeah. What they want to give us, they don't they don't want to give us anything for our health. They don't want to serve us anything that's good for us. Hip hop. Right. So y'all gotta look at it like this. This is why I say I think they going after people that's Christian. In my opinion. So remember how Chicago had it for a long minute. They had their long run. They put all the degenerate stuff out here. A lot of the reason why all these kids are stripping because Chicago got it like this, for real, for real. All right. Little Dirt Turn becomes Muslim. If y'all really beat Chicago drill, I mean, it ain't really rocking like how it once was. You know what I mean? They got different things going on in Chicago where they trying to stop different things. Now it's like the music is like, all right, all right, all right, Chicago about to start getting conscious again, too. They getting tired of it. 
like I said, now we're going to take it down to the uh, Memphis and um, St. Louis. They trying to get yeah, put on. They been down there They go deeper into the woods, into the backwoods. Right. They going deeper, deeper, deeper into the backwoods. And they pulling these people out the woods. They going to be ignorant. Mm-hmm. That don't know shit. They, they don't do anything for anything. They don't know shit. You know what I mean? Put some aluminum for you in their face. Memphis, Memphis always put out rappers that was wild, though. They had 3-6 Mafia, yeah. who was off the and chain. It, and then they had, um, I liked M- A-Ball and MJG, though. I thought they was all right. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Um, they, I fucked with them. They're not known for putting out conscious rap. I've never heard a conscious oh, they, rap. Uh, they Memphis. wasn't. But they wasn't gangster either. Yeah, they were just cool. Fashion, they, were just, they were just the regular don't mess with me, though. You know what I mean? We talk. Yeah, now they right, gangster. That was their lane, now. see? It was a lane for the... See, that was the lane. Like, all right, I ain't going front. This whole week, I don't know why, I've been in a Project Pat bag. Like, I've just been listening to all this Project Pat. But it's... <laughs> that was a lane, though. That, that, yeah. That's when you in that vibe. You know what I mean? You, yeah, that's, no, that's, you that's when... That's when... That's when hip hop had a balance. So yeah, I could listen to Three Six Mafia, but I could also listen to Wu Tang, or I could listen to Outkast, right. right? So I've had balance, I've had options, but now they telling everybody, let's just say using Three Six Mafia as an example, and they style of hip hop, everybody got to come out with that style, or we not gonna put you on, right? Now check this out, Ebro, who's the head of Hot ninety seven. He, uh, which is a radio station in New York, he's he came out and said that he got a memo. He's also um, uh, on the board of Apple Music. A lot of people don't know that. He got a memo saying that um, record execs are not prioritizing rappers anymore. They're prioritizing Afro beats and Latin music. They're not signing any new rappers. So... They said, because, now, just to keep this in mind, right, this is the first year in 40-something years that we got all the way to July, and not one hip-hop song was number one on the charts. The first time in because the music is so trash right now, no one's buying it. You know what I'm saying? It ain't even music no more. Yeah, and the artists don't put out, the artists don't need to put out albums to make money, because they make their money off of the social media part of it, putting out their life on Instagram and getting all them likes and things. That's how they get paid. So there's no priority to put out the good music. I saw this happening years ago because one of the reasons that the the South appealed to the to the executives uh, was because they would put out their own music, right? Being that the executives never really was checking for them down there, they would go and press their own stuff. Um, so just think cash money and no limit was around way before we ever saw them. They was already doing shows and selling music out of their trunk for years before we saw Birdman and them and, and Master P and them and, uh, the Swap House and all of that stuff was selling out the trunk. They already made, right? They already got an audience. They already got the, the stage performance and everything. So they just started putting the money toward these already made acts. They didn't care if they were artists. So the the, the key to hip hop was always artist development. The record label would take an artist that they saw had talent, 
bring him in, bring her in. She ride around with other artists. She get a couple of shows here and there. They build them up to become what they become. You know what I'm saying? Look at Buster Rhymes. You know, he did. Look at what he is now from where he started. They developed him to that, you know, from, from leaders of the new school to now. Like, they don't do that anymore. So you got artists that just coming out. All they got to do is have a social media following. They're going to give them a deal because, oh, they already got a built-in audience that might buy their album. And that's how we get stuck with people like a Saweetie and, uh, um, you know, uh, the Sexy Red and Glow Villa, people who just have an audience. They don't sell records, though. No one buys their music. People watch their videos because it's going to be ratchet and you're going to see some ass and some titties, but that's about it. You know, it's over after that. So it's, it's no talent anymore in the industry. It's not a talent-based industry. It's sort of like what they do into the NBA where they used to take a guy who could just jump out the gym and run fast like a Dennis Rodman and mold him into being a great player. Now they just want a guy who could shoot. If you could just shoot, you're going to get in the league. It don't matter if you could play. They'll work. You know what I'm saying? It's, right. It's, they it's, can't it's even do the that whole thing. Exactly. Man. So, so that's what they did with hip-hop. All these artists that you see today are just people who had a – look at Takashi 69 Corny as hell, yelling on the – I can't even understand everything he say, but he put out his own music, got a social media following, doing all those antics. And made millions of dollars behind it. And the can't rap at all, but he'll go all the he's, way to Chicago. Is that what he's trying to do? He's not even trying to rap. It's not even. He shouldn't even be considered hip hop, really. It's that's, the screaming, that's the next yo. argument. Now, now, do y'all like, think it, that y'all do y'all think that y'all might be have gotten older now? Because I remember back in the day when hip hop and people were saying. That people that wasn't thing. into hip hop, they were saying the same thing. How can you understand what they saying? That ain't no music. Yeah. And, and, he, and I'm hearing that, the same true. thing. <laughs> you know. Well, so but they say we had order, we had laws, we had a structure. We knew what we was doing from day one. That structure has been exploded. They 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 corrupted was, it. They, that was you know, they just defiled it. vibration and energy. Now you got this new group of young people here. They vibing. Okay, on the so now call vibration. it something new because this ain't hip hop. Then you're not rapping. Yeah, right. This, this ain't this ain't bars. You're not spitting. These ain't beats. This is not hip hop anymore. It, 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 it's, a, it's like a mutated child of hip hop, but it ain't hip hop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I got to the biggest two rappers in the world today, biggest two rappers, one, Drake. He buy a Drake album. He might have three songs where he raps. The rest of them, I don't know what that is. R&B, sort I don't know. And then it's called emo. you got emotional. Yeah, that emo. And then you What's got young boy? emo. NBA young boy, number NBA two. NBA young boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't understand him at all. <laughs> I, I mean, I but listen to him. Don't rhyme to me. Not, not, not so much saying I don't understand his his rapping or anything. I don't understand how someone who's not putting words together that rhyme is selling records. I'm like, wait a minute, that's, that's, that's what I'm. 
that's what I'm saying. Y'all from another era, another generation. I'm looking at the grandkids. I'm looking at the young people. They loving young boy, whatever his name is, and all this other stuff. They vibing with it. Bev, I heard of the dude. I, I, I listened to him once that I, I go to BJ's to get a birthday cake, and they had an NBA young boy cake. I said, whoa. They yes, got a cake they for this dude? Yes, so that's when I had to go home and listen to him again and say, maybe mm-hmm. I missed something. And I ain't missed nothing. It's terrible. Okay, it's horrible. <laughs> it just dumbing yeah, us like, down. Just the this, this dumbing down of the next generation. That's all that is. I could appreciate when I hear these when I hear these young boys spit something like Little Dirt. Every now and then he catch me with some style. He got that off. I don't get none of that from right. this dude. He so that's the reason why. <laughs> That's the reason why, like, in the 90s, I couldn't understand how we can't hear Talib Kweli on the radio. I could hear Puffy all day. I could hear Snoop, I could hear Snoop Dogg with New York City radio all day, but I can't hear most Def. I can't hear Talib Kweli. We couldn't hear. We wasn't getting a no, no comment, no roots. Not, nothing, nothing with cats who's really saying something. Conscious. You know what I mean? Or even when they wasn't trying to be conscious when they just rapping. They got a lot of songs when they're yeah. conscious. They just rapping. Can, can we get and, some and of they that? Sell records. Like we could, and they were selling records, but they can't get on the radio. But they can't get you on know? the radio. I'm like, yo, how somebody that's clean as Talib Kweli can't get no radio play? What's your excuse? He's not, uh, he's not ice cream. Well, no, like, because you got to Old Testament. The, the, the executive is running right. and driving the I mean, I know that. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just throwing it out there rhetorically. I know. But you also got to yeah, put some blame on the DJs because at the end of the day, the DJs could play what they want to play on the radio, right? They got to really? play the when 40 they songs got a they got to play. They yeah, got like if they, wanna, if, if they got an artist that they want to drop out, they'll drop that all day against the record, comp- you know, against the radio will. So they, the DJs was a part of that, Flex and all of them. How come Flex never played Kweli? You know, how come um, Clue didn't play? You know what I'm saying? They on the radio every night. They don't play that. How come they don't play that? They they, they play stuff they want to play all the time. I know that they didn't okay all these fabulous freestyles, Clue. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. you're going to play a million fabulous freestyles on to get him blown up. But you won't play Kweli. You know, uh, uh, you won't play most Death. You won't play Favreau Monk. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are we doing here? Right, hey, exactly. but maybe you don't know. Maybe they get back in the day. It was payola for the radio. You don't know what these executives I mean, are doing. You know, they might be getting I, I money agree. under the table not to. I got somebody else that want to join the uh, table. Three two three, three two three. Hey, family, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Three two three, peace, brother. It's that L.A. right? Brother yeah. I, Mm-hmm. It's Cali. Better love. Yes, sir. Yeah. Better love, brother. Better love, man. I, I had I had to chime in because um, <laughs> I, I I just was I wasn't hearing <laughs> I wasn't hearing with uh with with the foundation as far as um I, I mean I ride on the back of the elders so I'm 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 out here harmonizing in my garage and you know I'm under the hood singing on TV. With the OGs, I was, I'm thinking about love, you know what I'm saying? Because that's what I grew up on. So I really didn't understand. Well, you, got, you got the fire well, burning I mean, in I the just, trash can? 
<laughs> I mean, Mom's was born in 56. I'm 91. But, I mean, I got all her records right here. I'm looking at Sade right now, for example. So, I'm, I mean, as far as just the culture, I was always the outside. I, I, I don't know the east side guys who got considered soft, the, the oldies. <laughs> No, no, let me let me let me, let me let me add on to what you're saying, youngie. Let me add on, right? <laughs> what made hip hop at its inception so dope was they took the songs that my mother and them had and, and mm-hmm. rapped over the beat, right? So I'm listening mm-hmm. to the song. Okay. Like, yo, that's that's this song. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, now when I go to my mother, my mother, <laughs> I don't want to hear that version, but it kept that yeah. music alive. <laughs> That music, that that old um, soul music, that old jazz, that old funk, it kept it all yeah. alive because they kept sampling it and remaking mm-hmm. the same Come on. beats, you know, but rap, different songs. You could have a song where you're killing people over a funkadelic beat like yeah. the snooping them, and right. you could have a song where you're hailing people over it like a KRS, right? So the right. fact that now the samples are, don't exist these kids make the beats with these synthetic sounds and these apps and yeah. you take away all of the the soul music the jazz all our history was put in hip hop come on you know what i'm saying that that's why i say mm. hip hop existed way before the 73 because it was a combination of all of our music from muddy waters sure, to to come on. um Little Richard to all of them came together to put together right. all these songs, right? So you would look and see who they sample every now and then. Me of a Sean send over some yo, check this out. This was this is what they sampled for this song, and you know what I'm saying? Like, oh shit, yo, you yeah, know that blows my mind. Like, listen to the original track, you know that try to find the original that they sampled from. That's to me what made it dope was it kept our history and our history in this country is told through the music we made because we wasn't allowed to do too much more he wasn't even allowed to read right so we made these songs people who couldn't even read made these songs right these great songs that's why they hijacked it though that's the main reason why they hijacked it because they know they hijacked it we hijack it it, but we keep it alive right we through the hip-hop it kept that shit alive now that don't exist anymore. There's no more soul being sampled. That's what they hijacked it. They killed it. They sucked it. They sucked it all out because they know the power in it. Once they saw how powerful James Brown fight the power, fight the power. Who that James? Uh, whatever. Oh, yeah, James Brown. Um, the Isley Public Enemy. Yeah, James Brown. Public James Enemy. Brown. No, public enemy did. I'm, oh, I'm going for the back, Fight like the power. you know. I'm black and I'm proud and all, all that stuff. You know what I mean? We, we had songs that was uplifting us, and not just spiritually, but politically. They 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 they, they saw mm-hmm. how we these songs galvanized us politically, mentally, spiritually. Now, they see now the power the in great producers, music. the great producers of today's era, they don't sample. They don't even know how to sample. They just sit down yeah, no, no, and they they put the drum together. Now. They are sampling now. This generation is sampling everything from the 90s and the 2000s, but it just don't sound No, right. I'm telling you, they're not, they not sampling the, the original. Oh, old school. Okay. Yeah, yeah they, you got to yeah. sample the original, right? And, of course, now, this is right. what they're going to do to our music, right? Because they're going to kill hip-hop. That's what they're about to do. They're not signing no more rappers. 
They're going to bring out this Afro beat stuff, right? And they're going to let them rap over all our old hip-hop beats that we love, right? So we're going to like that song mm-hmm. because that's, that's this song. Oh, okay, yo, he just got another flow on it, little reggae-sounding thing, what they do. And all of a sudden, you're not going to see no more rappers. You know what I'm saying? The only way a rapper could get on is if they're going to do a verse with one of them. You know, so they totally eliminate The only way a rapper can get on, my fault. No, I'm just saying they totally eliminate the, the, the black people, the black Americans. They're right. totally taking out the black right. Americans because so, they're already saying we got our soul and stuff from these Africans. They don't make hip-hop in Africa. So how we get that from them? They don't make hip-hop in Jamaica. They don't make hip-hop in Puerto yeah. Rico. You know, to this day, you won't see none of that elements of hip-hop in those places. This is the only place in America is where it exists. And now they trying to they can they can imitate it though. They're gonna imitate it. They'll put all the money. So it's like they'll put all the money they can into somebody that can act like it. So they it's like they neutralizing our 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 art form. They neutralizing our art form. So like that attitude to get paid is no longer. Yeah. Y'all got to look at that. They've been doing this all the time. Look at Elvis Presley. Mm. You know, that was our music. Right. He even said he used to go listen. Look at Eminem. You know, he that, that's, that's mm-hmm. our stuff. And he, so they if you go to a jazz club, it's all white people playing yes, music. Yes. Right? You go to yes. a jazz and concert, yep. All white. Jazz yeah, in the park, all white Y'all know how y'all was speaking on the OGs out here True. the gang culture as far as the um the, the gangster culture. Well, out here in the 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 gangs, they the superiors, the generals, the triple OGs, they was banging oldies. You know, they wasn't really, you know, I never heard them listen to like the Melly Mel cat or the message maybe. But as far as the right. the, the old the triple O the older you know who these who the young guys supposed to get their orders from? They was banging out Supremes, you know the stylistic, like you know the Manhattan Motown, so, yeah, yeah, stylistic, always, Ghostface Killer shit. So. Um, the L.A. L.A. was always dope to me because they they listened. They didn't really listen to hip hop, right? But when they would they would listen to the type of music. When Dr. Dre sampled it, it was like, damn, that's dope. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because they sampled yeah. all that stuff. That's why their music was different. Because they was Dr. Sampling Dre different sampled stuff. funk and he sampled that soul music that the, the Bay Area is known from. They got bands like you know that's Tony, Tony, Tony. Yeah, that's that, all he the wasn't funk sampling bands. that stuff, mm-hmm. so that was dope. Like, oh shit, he sampled that. Where he get that from? You know what I'm saying? But that's just but you know, like Dre is cut from a cloth that we don't know about. That 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 that. that what was that? The worldwide wrecking crew? Like y'all understand where he, Drake comes from? <laughs> yeah, I don't think people yeah, understand. Yeah, 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 Kanye yeah, West. Kanye West. Bad, what was the name of that group? That culture that, alive. What was the name yeah. of that group you had on, Bev? They came on your show. They was like a a being. Was they called uh-huh. War? Oh yeah, it was War. a being. War. War? Yeah, yeah, war. Yeah. I know about war. war. Yeah, war. Like, like you can tell that a West Coast was sample war. We wouldn't sample war. That shit is dope. And like, war is from the West yeah. Coast, right? They, they, they from yeah, the yeah, they from yeah. the West Coast. 
Yeah, we see some East Coast stuff like cool in the game. Low rider. Yeah, hey, I didn't hear y'all touch on Kanye West though. I, I, Kanye West is, I mean, as of lately, he been a factor. Because we I too mean, old like to talk music. about Kanye West. I'm telling you this about Kanye. Uh, Kanye. Kanye is a no, 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 no disrespect, you know, I'm just saying Kanye is cool, though. Kanye, <laughs> Kanye is one of the greatest producers ever. He sampled soul music for real. Uh, yeah, Kanye, and, and, and he's Kanye, one of the, the best, the two ways, like the, the producer slash rapper, he's one, he's up yeah, there. Yeah, he can rap over And y'all didn't touch on Andre. Y'all didn't touch on We did talk about, we talked about Outkast. But, but yeah, yeah, we get to detail. But he did. He yeah. big up Outkast, yeah. but we didn't yeah, give Outkast the props. Mob and, I, 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 um, I, 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 I lean, I lean more, I lean more on, on Andre than Big Boy. But uh, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah I'm with you. I'm with you. I think. Now we're not with the lyricist. He he's a Andre is a better lyricist than Big Boy. But without Big Boy, it wouldn't have worked because Big Boy was more of 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 the street. At that time, you had to be street. street. You had to. He brought the authenticity to it that Andre was just an artist. He wasn't a street cred. Yeah, so Big Boy was sort of like what Easy E was to N.W.A. Like he took these artists and made it real because he was a real gangster. They wasn't, you know what I'm saying? So I think that's how. Big Boy was very important to it because he put another perspective. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And his story. flow was tight. Let's not take nothing away from him. He he, uh, yeah. he was dope, but I you know, Andre and was 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 that had, dude. And he sounded Atlanta. I, I had you know to chime in. I had to chime in. Y'all, y'all was bringing the most death, and I was able to catch him. Uh, Erica Badu had had a, a, a unfollow me tour. It's the first concert. I mean, other than like jazz concerts, I don't went to. But my old lady wanted to go see Erica, and um, she had uh, most deaf uh, headline for her or whatnot. I'm mean, not headline, but he he brought her out. Anyway, mm-hmm. it was it was a great experience, you know what I'm saying? But y'all was talking about real hip hop and those those two artists. When you had sparked my thought on most deaf, it definitely had me think about Badu because she was saying that one of her albums. Uh, the other side of the game or something like that. When she had put it out, she had put it out with intentions for her son in mind, which is all the 90s babies, basically, that she... So it was just a very powerful experience. But I don't you know what's going on. Erica so, Badu, it's, man. It's wild, so, man. Yeah, Erica, no doubt. Erica Badu on and that's a dope combination, too. Erica Badu is hip-hop. Crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, she hip-hop she all the way, man. She came, and she actually brought she the only, consciousness. She only, she's, yeah, she's one of the females. Yeah, exactly. Actually, it would have died. She did keep that consciousness alive. She brought that proper scent shit. She kept it. She kept it alive. Dude, that sister mm. that kept it alive. And, and she only sleep with rappers. She only sleep with rappers, man. <laughs> and she'll take she'll take a regular dude and have him wearing feathered pinks, bro. She got the magic, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, no? you know she a high priestess. She into her magic. Yeah, she whatever she do to them dudes. She, whatever she they do never to them the dudes, same. man, they never <laughs> they the same, yo. Andre was normal. Listen, man, Andre 3000 was a normal dude. And once he got whatever somebody do, all of a sudden he had a perm. He had one feather tan. Like, what did she do to him? 
know what I'm saying? She did her sales, her rituals. <laughs> Common, but she did common like that. Or oh, how you said, let, let it out, right? He, 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 whatever was in, just like Tupac, he was able to let it out. DOC, DOC got her pregnant. He never even spoke again afterwards, man. Like, that was, yeah. you know, she got, that was a bad joke, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that was, yeah, that was accident, this, man. No, no, no. I he have another hand. Power, yeah, she and some old stuff she be working with. I got another person want to sit at the table. Uh, seven seven three. Hey, 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 no, she not. I'm going to mute her. Okay. She, she got a whole other conversation going on. But, yeah, <laughs> um, Erica Badu is hip-hop. Just like Queen, um, just like Mary J is hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you can't deny it. Well, like, Erica Badu she, got a little more on being her. Mary. Yeah, she got um, But she raps on some of her songs. You know, she, she um, of course, Mary, Mary, is the queen of hip hop because she sung over the rap beats. You know what I'm saying? Indeed. So she made merged R and B and hip hop together in a way that it never was merged the first before. One you know what I'm saying? True. But um I consider Erica Badu hip hop. Like she she from that culture. You know, for nah, she produced how she the live. She she she's like cut from uh some brothers that used to sing. Oh, the good dudes from yeah. Staten Island that that uh, force MDs types of you know they don't forget hip hop. Oh, yeah. we, we we had singers too, like singing was a part of hip hop. It wasn't just yeah. all rapping. Hey, the like, Puerto Rican shit, you know, vocalize it. What was the Puerto, huh? Rican, Puerto Rican shit, man? Uh, Lisa, Lisa, Coke so, Jam, that uh, take me home. You know, so I wonder yeah, yeah. if I take you home. Why you bringing that up? I don't know why you. What the hell that? Yeah, that was that's hip hop. That song is hip hop. That's hip hop. Yeah, that's hey, no, 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 that's freestyle. That was freestyle. That was they, they, they were trying to merge the Latinos with the hip hop. I mean, not merge. They were there, but then they were, that was that freestyle shit. That was that they had something else that was going with hip hop at the same time, but they were trying to call it hip hop. But it was like it's kind of not hip hop. I don't know. That was what that it, was written by the Force MD or something. Not not Force MD. That's that's that was that's that's full full force. Full force. I mean, that's they full force. Song. Force MD uh-huh. is, is, is 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 the dudes from Crush Group. You know that song that the slow jam yeah. with the sex scene with one. You know. Yeah. And, and New Edition was hip hop to me. They always yeah, had a verse yeah. in their little little singing songs. You know what I'm saying. Rob, but this, Rob, even the way this, they sung, the way like like they got some rhythm, they singing they, this thing, they got swag, they got the hip hop swag to them on the mic. That that's not the regular R and B unless they want to do regular R and B, you know. So I got a, I got a question. Do y'all think they tried the frequency wars first in L A to see if it'll work and then distribute it everywhere else? And I'm saying that because y'all know that. Yep. That 90s L.A. sound with that 
like that high pitch sound. Mm-hmm. That was the um that the, the, the guitars from with... that's like George Clinton. That that's a funk. That that that's funk guitar. That's what they were sampling. The funk guitar. Okay. Art. Okay. Art so and, I think that's something real... to do with the killing though. Yeah. Let me let me put okay. it together. Oh, art, and light, art and light frequencies oh. are mirror each other, right? When the West mm-hmm. Coast hit, it didn't hit big in the East Coast. It hit big Not down south. It hit big in Texas. And what came with that was the Bloods and Crips. Or everywhere the music hit, the gangs came with it. And you can listen to uh, an Ice, Ice Cube song called Vacation in St. Louis, where he talks about, oh, we go to St. Louis, and we set up shop, and, you know, they couldn't deal with us because, you know, they was from the gang, and all of a sudden all the dudes wanted to be gangsters. So now they over in St. Louis repping our hood. You know what I'm saying? That that listen to the dude on um YouTube. I, I don't like him that much, but he sometimes talks facts. He was the head of a crip faction in Texas. His name's Charleston White, and he talks about how the music. I can't music, stand. Oh, uh, I can't stand him either. But his story about how <laughs> when the music hit, when the music hit Texas. And they all wanted to be whatever, you know, them, them dudes in the song was, you know. And all of a sudden, those guys from the Bloods and Crips would come down there and they, you know, became official with it. So the, the music spread the games wherever it went. It just Indeed. didn't come here. It didn't come here. So because it didn't spread we, because here. This, this is the home. This is the home, and, and it's kind of like it's doubling back. And we own our own shit. That's New York. We wasn't up on games like they are out there. That's that's, that's not how Brooklyn rolls. So, that's not how Brooklyn rolls. Like, but y'all got games out there, right? though. But now, not like it's different concepts, different mindsets. We, it's not the same. It's, it's the same, but it's not the same. Uh, true, true, true. To me, true, it's not going to. To me, I, in New York, it won't, it won't last because. Because you don't own just you don't own where you live. Like in LA, they own their houses and stuff. You don't own true, these buildings. True. Like these people could move <laughs> us all out of here tomorrow. You be in a whole other part of town. Like so, you the you be repping something that ain't gonna even exist in five years for you. You know what I'm saying? Catch a felony, your mom getting kicked out of that building. You know, so right. You know, so you that's why we don't have so, gangs here because it was just easier to like to, that. To, Disrupt that because yeah, we got them in jail and they kind of trickle out to the street, but it really stays in jail like that. That whole thing that's where I'm noticing, and I don't plan on going there, so hopefully I don't have to, you know. But yeah, they they come out in the streets, bloods and crips, but it started from whatever they had to claim to stay uh, safe in jail. You know what I'm saying? They had to join something to get in there. Especially the juvenile detention, it's the worst. You know, the Vikings is like, what, like two, three thousand kids who, you know, what I'm saying they they all trying to kill each other in there. Like it's C seventy four, C seventy five, C seventy six. It's it's like a war zone in there for these young kids. You know, so they gotta join something to stay alive in there, and that's what's ending up happening. Is that's just trickling out into the streets, but. What the problem with it is, you gotta have a, a supply of something to to maintain it, right? So in the '90s, drugs was everywhere: cocaine, crack, 
like you could have had games in New York and they would have been successful then. But what these kids doing for money now? Which y'all snatching and grabbing shit? You know what I'm saying? Like it ain't no drug money out here. It ain't you know they don't legalize weed. You can't even get that little hustle going now. I go to the spot. Well, the original you gangs know what I'm wasn't so drug dealers. Right, seventy. Huh? They, they wasn't all about selling drugs. These gangs wouldn't really. Shit, everyone was king back in the seventies. Yeah, what are you talking about? But Opie Johnson and Frank Lucas. Yeah, my mom was a hustler. Oh, whoa, whoa. Okay, <laughs> it depends on what level of game we're talking. I'm, I'll be talking more local level than, you know, moving like that. Yeah, I'm just saying it was drugs was here, but it was a, um, you know, I think um. That was the soul music area when they had the heroin and stuff out. You know, I, I, the crack came in the 80s. Um, that was our ever, uh, which messed out, which messed the neighborhoods up worse than anything ever. You know, I said crack was the crack was the second worst thing that ever happened to black people. You know what I'm saying? First thing was integration. Because we still reaping the, ben- the, the benefits of it, which is nothing. But we still, exactly. I, I think now in this day and time, yeah. I think we're recovering from that now. We're every trying place to recover that from it. Anyway. Crack, every place yeah, they yeah, sold crack, every place they sold crack here, recovery, we, we're so fucked up. The recovery is, nah, it's, we got to recover just to recover. Right. Yeah. And, and, it, and that's what the time what you said, what, what you said, um, so the rapper Meek Mills, right? His hood. Mm-hmm. One of the most notorious hoods, like growing up. When I tell you, it was totally gentrified, totally, like, <laughs> like totally, like it is. It's just, it's crazy because it's like, yo, like I remember that being a crazy crack house. Like I remember that being, and it's just, and it's everywhere where the out. crack was. Just like you said, they wiped, they wiped it out. The niggas moved in different parts of the city or on the outskirts or whatever. So. And you got a nice, clean brick building sitting right there. Bunch of trees that ain't never been there. Trust me, I know. You know, I live in Harlem. I I would say probably there's no place in the world sold more drugs than up here. Like, I I remember coming over here with people, and they would go get weight. I mean, weight, weight. You know what I mean? And they go up in the spot, dudes with Uzis. I mean, it was, it was, you know, coming from Jersey, it was like, oh shit, they they out there like whatever you want, we got it, you know. And so this was the drug right. kingpin, like the the area that supplied the whole East Coast, you know, from all the way down. Probably Miami had their own supply, but anywhere in between, these dudes was down there selling this shit. You know, that's the Alpos and the Rich Porters and all of them hitting the road. Everything them but dudes rapped about in the nineties. Were they a part of No, no, no. That, that, I'm not saying the gangs, but I'm sorry. I know. I'm, I'm just talking so about the neighbor. gentrification. So here you got a whole area that sold drugs, the whole area being gentrified, yo. You, I mean, when I moved on my block, my buildings and the buildings across the street from me were the only buildings that were occupied. The rest of them was vacant. Now, those buildings is all filled up all the way down. They done built new buildings and all types of stuff around here. And black people can't afford to live around here. White people walking their dogs now. 
you know, unless they got a good job. And usually a it's black person who got a good job, they don't want to live in the hood, you know. So, yeah, everywhere they so crap. Not just being disrespectful, but it's, that, that's a part of the plan, right? New York City is going to become Dubai, you know. It's going to be that city of opulence. It's going to, that, that's what they want. Just like you go to 59th Columbus Circle, like that, that mall they got in there where, you know, Yo, I mean, there's opulence. They like they this new. That's what they view New York City was supposed to always be this place of opulence, and that's why you see. I mean, for those that are in the city, a tremendous this influx nice of people in this city. It's like you see the trains is just mad crowded now. It's just mad, and most of the people that's moving here got a whole lot more money than us. So, a lot more money, and, 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 yeah. and, 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 and they're still coming. You know what I mean? They're still coming. Right? We got all these college preps coming out. They, they, where, where, where they want to go? Everybody coming to New York with their college degree, or these white folks college so, degrees. And then they so send a bunch of immigrants here, bunch of immigrants here living the hood. Oh, oh, that too. Yeah, and then they balance it out with them. Yeah. What you were saying, Beth? I think that is, uh, and I think it's up to us to inform the younger generation what's going on because they repeat themselves. What they do, they don't, they keep doing it over and over. So, I mean, it's like, okay, if the next generation, if you kind of talk to them and tell them what they're doing and how they do it, they might put a little twist But look at what's happening. We're literally being pushed out. Like, we're not going to be here. Like, you probably don't want to be here anyway. Because there ain't nowhere for you to go. You can't yeah, the no, I mean, so because we're too. literally being out like we can't afford anything in this in, in, in the city. Like the rent is going to be. But you can't afford nothing out of the city. Either. But but see that's coming from oh. that you letting other people lead you, rule you. That's why you got to keep. You got to work on getting together, get your own stuff. Okay, Indeed. you know, you got to fight the system, as they used to say. By creating you, our you own system, right? Like Tom said, exactly. the worst thing that ever happened to us was immigration. So yeah. we were better I mean, when we had our own. They don't do what they're going to do, but we got to do what we got. I mean, it's, it's, it's but how But we're too far behind to, to do what we got to do, and we no, still it ain't no, no, too far behind. We're not far behind. This is creating. We, I think you create from where we're in the you place. We're in the place we're, now we're, where, for the first time, we can uh, see when we had integration, right? When it, when it was segregated, we had our own shit. White people had their own shit. Our shit didn't look as nice and shiny as theirs. Even though we have a hotel, it might not look as nice and shiny as the Holiday Inn. But we can't go to the Holiday Inn. So we loved our hotel. You know what I'm saying? We finally got the charm where we could make our stuff look as good as theirs. They they ain't making their own stuff no more. They they got China making their shit. We could go there and get our shit made too. So the the point I'm making is we could eat. It's more even to me for us to do commerce against them to finally be on a a foothill where we can own our own shit and our own people support it because it looks like the white people's shit now. You know what I'm saying? We wouldn't support it because it looked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we couldn't get the ice at home. And their whole system is 
banking finance. That's the, that's what the system is. Once we know, and that's the, the system we don't know banking yet. And fi- well, that's what we're learning. I mean, you you seeing people yeah. now? They forming groups. They are not waiting on them to teach teach True. you. They learning themselves. And they yeah. making changes with the little bit that they learning. They, I'm seeing impact. I'm seeing they, they making little changes here, little changes there. So that's our problem. Yeah, I don't think We've been conditioned to let others lead us. No, you don't. They, those are, and I'm, I'm trying to get people to see you're dealing with corporations who, who acting like they government. But exactly. treat them we as know a that. corporation. You know, they they business. Right. All this is business. That's all it is. That's what it is. So learn so we need finance to learn and business. learn banking. We need more business. Finances, yes. And banking. We got to stop them all. Stop making the same mistakes over and over again. Exactly. And, and back to the back to the hip hop topic. How many years have these dudes signed bad contracts? Y'all didn't learn yeah. by now? It's like, yeah. come on, man. A whole right. new generation signing the same contract that the yeah. old generation signed. Where's the information being passed out amongst each other? How come the older ones... Yeah. Because well, you know what that is? You know, come it shows you. It's huh? desperation. It's desperation. And the that's power why of the camera. It's, it's the music industry. That's all it is. The glitz and the glamour. Everybody gets stupid. It's glitz and glamour in your face. You know, when you don't have ah. nothing and you ain't on look or nothing on the inside of yourself either. So. Man, you tell me like yeah, none wow. of these old school rappers, like right? a, a big guy right. king, a rock him, uh, right. a D rap, any of these dudes. Oh, I don't know who's going that for. No, I'm just yeah. saying, any of them can't tell these young kids, yo, come talk to me for a second before you sign the deal. Let me tell you, yo, yeah. don't sign you don't think they did this. this. I don't it's know. I don't young see kids like, actually do it when it happens, though. What's, what's the possibility? What's the chances of that? The young kid act when it's time to call. He actually going to make that call, or he going to feel too proud. I don't know. I don't see it. No, I haven't okay, heard anyone so. say, this one came and right. talked to me before I signed this deal, and I should have listened to him. I don't never hear that. And what I think Come happens on, man, is... Come on, they're not going to say happens, that. Well, well, let, me finish, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Have. Let me finish. What happens is what happens to black people, right, a lot of times, right, when we get fucked over, we don't want other people to know we got fucked. We don't want to look dumb. Right. So I'm not going to tell right. you, right. young men, I'm not going to tell little homie, you know, how, how broke I really am because I signed a bad deal. I'm out here fronting like everybody else, like I got yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm riding around in the bins and living in a house, but I'm living. I got to do these three paycheck shows next paycheck. week to be able to pay my right. bills. So, right. so I don't want this young kid to look down on me because I don't have it. So I think that's what holds them back. If you ask me, and then you got dudes. So, so he don't have it. So he don't have much to give. You saying he don't have much to give verbally? You know, there's, there's, he don't no lessons to give. There's no, no he don't want. He don't want to. He don't want you. He don't want to admit that he fucked up. He got I, I, I signed a bad deal. It, I don't want to admit okay, that. So you can't take broke. advice for somebody. Is that where the block chain come in at? No, you can't take advice right. from someone who, who says, listen, bro, I signed this deal, and right now I'm broke. Don't sign this that, type of yeah. deal, man. Just leave that yeah. alone, man. I don't care what they offer you. If they're taking your publishing, don't sign it. If they're taking your... If you're not getting your royalties, if they 
You, they know the verbiage. They done got screwed over. Y'all can't pull these dudes to the side and say, listen, I messed up my, my career. Hey, let me make it so y'all don't mess up. None of y'all wrote a book. Okay. Or nothing. Oh, okay. How about like, this? Some of them are, right. though. Some okay, of them so are why are we messing up? We're messing up because we have no knowledge. It's like forget passing on knowledge. How about that's, we go to school? How about somebody pick up why, some books why? and learn how to but do contracts? Like that, that's, that's what, what we're not we learning. Said. We don't we don't learn how to do contracts. That's not something you talk about. You gotta learn and, and something. That, like I know. But that's go ahead. I'm sorry. That's what we're saying. Why not old? Okay, yeah. Why not old school? Why don't they have classes? You know, start and now if the I was going music, how to do a contract. If I was if, if I was going into the music business and and Master P had a class showing you about contracts and everything, I would go to that class exactly. as long as he's not charging an arm and a leg. And then I would learn from that because the system we living in is all contracts. This this is the whole. If you you need to learn contracts because that's not, the we don't we, we don't want to formally under. learn anything. We don't we, no, we, we want to pass true, on information. A lot of people, a lot of people, is forming groups now, and they learning these contracts. They learning. Okay, but okay, true that. But I'm, there's a lot of us that's just you know we don't want to so learn. A lot of us we don't, don't know. A lot of us don't know. They we, they the don't know. A lot of people that signing these contracts it's people that are the, that's the only people that sign in these crazy contracts now. Is the desperate ones, but majority like like a lot of people, they already but know. Y'all familiar with the podcast Million Dollars Worth of Game with Gillian Wallow. They be schooling people that come on there and how to get stuff. Like it is people schooling, but what I'm getting like mm-hmm. on the street level, a lot of people is scared of these kids. That's why they don't like they scared to have any type of dialogue with them. They scared like they, I don't know. Well, you can't. It's like they just scared of them all the way around. If you if you're scared, you can't progress. You can't be dealing with fear. And not so How much scared, scared of them on the sense of not so much scared of them on the sense of violence. They scared of their mindset because they know their mindset is better than theirs. So a lot of we, I don't want them. To, I don't want them to teach us. I want us to teach us. No, 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 no. That's what I mean, Sister Beth. They a lot okay. of us are. It's a lot. It's in a lot of competition. Ways. Yeah, it's a lot of competition. Yeah, they don't. They well, don't not just want competition. To help the next people because they looking at them like instead. When when when. You down, you don't want somebody else to see you down. Or the intelligence, or, or how about that? Like, like okay, he's smarter. He see, he's coming across smarter. He's he coming across more knowledgeable. That's what you I can't want. That's what you want. That's what you it's true do. That, but a lot you of other, a lot of our, a lot of cats, they see a smarter dude, and now he's my enemy. You know, it's not saying he's smarter. Popular, and that's the problem. Say that again. And knowing thyself, knowing thyself ain't popular now, so that's the main problem right there. Indeed. Well, they oh, know. Each, you, you would want to help. Each generation goes back to the gets smarter itself. and smarter. Indeed. Each, I mean, each generation gets smarter and smarter. If you watch the babies, really? each generation, 
So how you going to stop somebody from being smart? If you're teaching a younger person, they Ah, the babies are getting smarter, but by the time they go through the school system, that, this is what we're getting. Yeah, well, they get fucked up. That's our fault. That's our fault. Right. Why are you sending them Philly, there? The brother from mm-hmm. Philly said it earlier. He's like, you know, if New York and Philly could have came together. The yeah. problem is New York don't come together. You see, people in Brooklyn don't like rappers from, from Queens. It, it, it's it's Bronx funny. and Queens, you, yeah. You know, Bronx and Queens got beef, you know what I'm saying? People from Brooklyn definitely don't like people from Harlem. So it's going to be, uh, you can't get them to, all them dudes could go to the club and none of them going to talk to each other. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you you say come together, like if they could have just came <laughs> together here, they could have had stuff, right? You got dudes yeah, from the projects thing. that don't talk to each other. You know, they from the same projects. Y'all don't even... Do music together, you know what I'm saying? So, it, they, they, yeah, when you go different to, buildings. Your building you over look there, at don't the, talk to the building over there. Yeah, that building right. got beef with right. that building, yeah. And then, then you um, <laughs> you add that to the South, where all of them get along. They all do songs together. So, that was now, like, they wow, don't get you know along, what I'm saying? But they understand the bigger picture. They, they under- don't get along, mm-hmm. they understand the bigger picture. They understand. New York I heard is not good for that. New York is not good. We, we ain't been good for, we ain't known for linking up and for the bigger picture. <laughs> we, we not, yeah, we, everybody we break it up. Heavy. Yeah, but, but I, 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 we, own New thing. York and Philly is big places. We coming from cities that's bigger. You get what I'm saying? So if I'm in Brooklyn, I don't have to go to Harlem for nothing at all. Like, I don't have to go to Manhattan for nothing. If I'm from the Bronx, I don't have to go to Queens for nothing. You get what I'm saying? If I'm in Philly, if I'm in North Philly, South Philly, West Philly, North Philly, I really don't have to travel around for nothing because I have everything I need in my area. And it's 200,000 people in area. You get what I'm saying? So we, we... I think that's why we don't come together too within the cities too when it comes to music. Because we know that it's only it's it's only gonna be a few at a time, and we that's want right. being ain't here. Be I, I'm gonna keep yeah, I'm gonna keep this dude from getting in so I can keep my spot right. That's the gatekeeper shit. That's what that's what I said when uh, they kept fifty out. The gatekeepers kept fifty out. Fifty went out west. He had to go. He couldn't come to New York. Yeah, the East Coast gatekeepers, the people on the radio, the people at the record company, they they ain't booking him for no shows. So he had to go to the West to blow up because he couldn't come here. They already cut him out because he dissed all of them. You know what I'm saying? So it's that that chain. Huh? Look what he did. He didn't let the gatekeepers stop him. He went around the gatekeepers. No, he didn't. He went to some other gatekeepers. That's what he did. <laughs> he went to the West Coast gatekeepers. You know okay. that, but, but they let him in. Yeah. But they let him in. They let him in. Yeah, they 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 was like, oh, we gonna we gonna kill the East Coast now. We got they we gonna we about to make you bigger than anything they ever did. Just put it in their face. AKA they we it. got another Tupac. Right. Another We could run the same Tupac game with him. Exactly. So that that's what I'm saying is the 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 way it's structured. It we don't own nothing there, and that structure we don't own anything. 
The only thing hip-hop still left today is battle rap. Battle rap is still owned by us. Um, but how, that, that's, it, that, that's the That's the offshoot of hip-hop right there as well. As, you but that's know, all like, we own. That's all we own shoot. and control is the battle rap thing. Other than that, you can't get a show unless you go through these companies. You can't get a, 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 a album out unless you go through these small bit of companies. You know, if you're not going to go to this white dude's house to his picnic and chuck it up with his wife and shit and you his ain't kids. Got, and, yeah, you ain't got you know. to play that game. You ain't got to. That's yeah, so called the, thinking outside the, of the box. But so, nowadays, you uh, don't have to play that game no more because they got the various apps like SoundCloud. You can put all your music on SoundCloud. You know what I mean? You can mm-hmm. put your stuff straight on SoundCloud Apple Music and get around they own the SoundCloud. They own SoundCloud. They own oh, Apple true. Music. All <laughs> It's all them. It's the same people, same ones. The Apple Music. I mean, who's in charge of YouTube Music? Lee or Cohen? Same people that fucked everybody out of their money at Def Jam. You know what I'm saying? Who's in charge oh, yeah, of true, um, true. Apple Music? Jimmy Irene. Same people that fucked all the people out of their money in Death Row, right? That they put the same people in charge. And, and how that about was this? In charge of the old ask, do these people get their money on YouTube? Are these YouTube cats getting the money? I know I hear a lot of complaints about their YouTube money. Yeah, <laughs> you get, you get, they get uh, the money. Um, they, they, they saying, yo, look how many views that guy. Look how penny. many clicks. But I'm, I'm, huh? You get a half a penny for every view. No, but I'm saying the record company, people doing the their numbers, take the, their the actual people that's doing their numbers, they 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 saying they not seeing the money. They they they, they YouTube ain't paying just like the record company. Yo, where my money? You ain't paying. I I was I sold this much. I had this many clips. I had this many views, but I'm not seeing the ends. It's not the way it's supposed to be. That's what I'm I'm hearing a lot of that. But don't that's why they be telling everybody hit that like button. IT people. Exactly, because they need it. But even the ones that they saying, they they saying, yo, I'm getting mad views. There's certain cats that are getting mad views, but they seeing these. It's They're not getting paid. Guys. I heard that too, man. Right? Yeah. A they, lot of yeah, they got that it, it, it ain't nothing but the music industry all over again, basically. The music industry is so, so corrupt now, right? You said. got these people not check, here. Check this out. You got a, a rapper like Lil Nas X. This dude, mm-hmm. no one ever plays this dude's music, right? But he's the third most streamed right. artist because they own Spotify. So they're going to make sure his record gets streamed X amount of times a day. You get it? So they, the, the, the whole technology thing just made it worse because now they can take an artist who's hot and take him out of the algorithm so no one's listening to his music and put whoever they want in his place, you know, little Nas X in his place. So now you're, you're trying to listen to, um, to, you could be trying to listen to Jada some Kiss. old school Biggie, J- Jada Kiss, and all of a sudden, seven song come on, it's little Nas X. Like, why the fuck is he on here? You skip it. But he just Don't got credit for playing. All the way. <laughs> he just got credit for streaming on your shit. You get what I'm saying? Well, so, nah, right. nigga, you hit that thumbs down okay. real quick. You got to hit that thumbs down. Real quick. See, I, you know, I'm looking at, you got to look at, look what they did to Trump. They they took him off of Twitter. They took the news media, the main screen. Uh,
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.